I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. There's something wrong with us! Something very, very wrong with us! You are my podcast. My only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh my God. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. (laughs) I got a whole folder full of dick pics. Are you interested? I know you are because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know Phone Boy. Those two are those two are pretty interesting to listen to. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <clears throat> Bullshit! I'm glad you heard all that. Yes, we are a bunch of consummate professionals here at the uh, the Lotus Effect, but the show's made up and the content doesn't matter. It's episode 91, and last I checked, uh, I'm phone boy. So we finally <laughs> met the man whose shit doesn't stink. Yeah! Yep, you are. Ever consummate professional. And then there's me, the shit show artist. I'm Phoenix. Let me start this off by clearly stating that I'm better than everyone. Yes, and so, yeah, we were, we were. I, I have, to, I have to tell this behind the behind the mic thing. I had realized that our refrigerator was empty of water, and during the opening, uh, she sprinted downstairs. Which, I, and it's my fault. I should have had this thing filled. But especially anyway. because I told him last week we have like two bottles of water left in the fridge. We need to refill it. He's been up and down those stairs and in and out of this office enough times. He should have been able to do it. But guess whose fat ass had to run down? the stairs and retrieve water that would be phoenix oh well but you but you got on mic right on time as i say you're a consummate professional don't stroke me off and not give me the fucking finish i uh that's for the after 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 show now oh, no, now all right true. let's all right let's get on with this thing what is this a freak out this is kind of strange this is terrific i think i'm gonna be sick <laughs> Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing! We're there. I just had an orgasm. Yeah. Sounds uh, very personal. It sounds very personal. So, um, now, the Lotus affects everyone differently um, and, and, and might touch you in different places. So, however, and wherever the Lotus is affecting you, uh, well, thank you for your courage and, uh, and, uh, and, and helping to propagate the formula of the Podfather himself. Now, if you're new, if you're new to the No Agenda family, because we do touch people outside of the No Agenda family, well, uh, welcome. And here's how it works. Now, we're a value-for-value value podcast. We provide you some value in the form of entertainment. However you value that, whether it be with time with talent or treasure, contribute it back to us, and we're going to tell you how to do that. So uh, you can go to uh, lotuseffect.show, 
and click on that green, what used to be yellow, uh, but we changed it. Uh, we like money button, and and so that will uh, that will link you to our uh, to our PayPal account where you can uh, send us uh, any amount of fiat fun coupons you wish. Uh, now, if you are want to do it a different way, uh, you can send us boostergrams using a podcasting 2.0 app that's able to stream Satoshi's, and you, know, you can also uh, mail us stuff if you want. Um, yeah, we, we like getting actual physical packages from the uniform member of the federal government. We're a fan of that. That's right. So now we are a fan of the, of these people. We got some, we got some, we got a bunch of boosters. We have a lot of people we are fans of for damn sure, and that, apparently they're fans of us. That's right. So Fantasy Weddings LLC gives us uh, gives us four four twenty a monthly donation from a Rev Cyber Trucker. Uh, we, we we certainly appreciate that and the and the, the cavalcade of stupidity. Hopefully his uh, his move has uh, has uh, sorted it or. He's, or he's still, I guess he's still working on that. Yes, uh, but uh, oh no, he's he's doing really good. Um, he had the second one that I'm aware of recently. He said it was like a, a real hillbilly wedding. He sent me a picture of it, like. It was a, a pink camo dress. Apparently, the groom and, and bride were both wearing dirty work boots, and it was just a real good country at-home atmosphere, so he didn't even have to get dressed up for that. He just went in some jeans and boots and looked like his normal awesome rocker-ass self, and uh, he slayed. Yeah, he, he did. Um, and, um, yeah, and Weirdo boosted. Uh, we got a lot of Weirdo boosts, of course. Uh, for 10,000 sats saying Studio 33 is lit. And uh, and That's it was right. lit. Uh, Elwood Bush was his, was his song uh, request that came with it. And, uh, you know, then he also boosted another 333 sats saying this was the number one song on my birthday, Wild Wild West by the Escape Club. Made yeah. me feel old as fuck because I can remember where I was when I was watching that on MTV followed right behind with Great White's what Once Bitten, Twice Shy video. Like, I will never forget that. It was 19, and yeah, I'm not yeah. telling you. Yeah. Well, then there was then then there was some song that somebody played. It sounded like, I think it, uh, it was it sounded like a Ramones track, and then uh, we got the, we got a, and then so I played, oh, yeah. I played the, Ram the, uh, the Ramones, I Want to Be Sedated, and then Weirdo Boost 888 sat saying, Head P.E. Ramones cover, I Want to Be Sedated. Yeah, there you go. Uh, got some other, boot. got some boost without messages from weirdo but we've all uh, for, for and then we got uh, mr saxo beat three times her charm uh for 888 and then he boosted 222 saying beat up a diva skidat man yeah something like that i wish i could say it right and you know what that was, was a good damn one. close good before sat saying dragging the line by tommy james that we hadn't heard that one in a while um and weirdo with 777 sats saying kemsta the the shaman okay uh, the, i don't then uh then we got another one boost from piranacy for 66 24 sats saying in the summertime with mungo jerry that okay. was a really good track that was I a good one that. yes um and then we got then we got weirdo with uh 777 sats saying chris webby raw thoughts for weird shit going on i mean epstein jizzle Lane missing kids, adrenochrome. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, it so, was a great track. Yes, for exactly. Sure. And then we get a shirt, and then we get a um, Piranacy with another 6624 set saying, Simmer down, Bob Marley and the Whalers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, Sharky came in with 3333 sets saying, Good Charlotte, good girls and boys. Then we get another uh, um, uh, boost from Piranacy for 6624 sets. I'm wondering what the actual uh, numerology is there. Uh, and then right? Major General uh, Pirates of Penzance, which it's funny because I don't think I've ever actually uh, will 
really I've, I've probably heard that tra- I know I've heard that track I've certainly heard the uh, the, the Tom Lehrer song that made fun of it uh, you know, Tom Lehrer called it a possibly recognizable t- you know, this is just the names of the elements uh, set to a possibly recognizable tune <laughs> so uh, there you go it's a good description of that of the song the elements um, and then weirdo with 70 with 777 sat saying uh, head PE planet X and then we got weirdo with 3333 sat saying mayday on that jack and a little and a little fat and then he and then he requested a, with a with a with a rose satchels uh uh die antward uh, little fatty boom boom okay and then uh, net net comes in big baller style big baller yeah so you know net net oh you the executive producer that's with, right with 100 thousand sats there you go saying it doesn't matter the size of the closet gagar house music is a pandemic get a bigger closet <laughs> That was that was epic last night. Yes, yes, the shit was flying last night. And oh my god, it coated the walls thicker than the Satoshi's, and we had a lot of those. Yeah, we did. Uh, so, and then uh, and then Weirdo comes in with a a, 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 row, a row a row of ones a satchel, but yeah, something Zed slammed the door, and then another three hundred thirty three sats. Slow your ratchet and mouth down so you can read properly or i'm gonna take your mic away i'm gonna hit that mute button (laughs) okay so this is this is why we stoned phone boy before the show so he can slow down enough to be able to read his script yes this is true and the weirdo just comes in right live for five thousand sats saying the lotus effect touched me it was consensual (laughs) yes thank you weirdo awesome i hope that bell comes across really well Okay. It, it does. I, I can tell you I've listened because I listen to our episodes because I'm just slightly vain like that. And also I want to see where we can improve. The bell comes across perfectly. Great. It's not too much, not too little. Yes. Well, we well we're also listening to the show now because we're 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 doing chapters, which I guess I should I, I didn't even put that in the script. I should probably yeah, talk about. Yeah, that's a thing we've started okay. doing. You okay. know, we're, I, I guess it kind of uh, separates you from the mediocre podcast uh, to the elite podcast when you actually have chapters. Yeah. Well, that's we our podcast got long enough and complex enough that it probably was worth doing chapters for. So. Um, hey, I'll take at least half the credit for that shenanigan. Yeah, well, I, I'm, yeah, it, it just it does add a little bit of extra to the to the post production, but not too much, and it's it's, it's manageable. Really, so. very little. Yeah, it's, it is. It's. I'm glad we're just because of the way we're doing the show. It actually is. It's. it's and fairly actually, easy to put we had something that we pulled out for our show. That thanks to the chapters that No Agenda does, it was much easier. Even though I had time coded it when I heard it, it was easier to find exactly what we needed and be able to talk about it. Yeah, well, I don't think we ended up pulling it into the script though. But I think we. But I. But yeah, I mean, we did listen to the story and talk about what it was. But yeah, I, I know. I know. Yeah, we. But I. Yeah. I, yeah, so so Sir Bemrose, yes, we we heard we heard your complaint. We fixed it. We 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 added chapter support. There you that go. is that is right there, just proof that we listen to him and Darren O. Because if we didn't listen all the way through that fantastic show, for those of you who don't know who we're bitching about, Sir Bemrose and Darren O. They do this great show called Grumpy Old Ben's, where they just rage the fuck out. Well, uh, kind of like us, except for on a more knowledgeable tech level. Yeah, well... It, but yes, I mean we we pulled we did we pulled some clips. This is it's, I, I wanted to I was potentially using thinking about yes, using this clip to re, to potentially replace uh, um, the, the the Vinny clip that I used at the beginning. I, I was thinking like this. What the hell's going on with you, phone boy? 
He's a lot happier now. <laughs> yeah, you know. He's thinking about that for his, his opening Montauk instead of the Vinny. However, uh, confirmation, yes, we are going to talk about it. It is in today's show. Oh, it is? Okay. I you, thought I had seen the work we did on it. Okay, well, I don't think we pulled the clip. I didn't pull the clip, but, oh, we, we, but we... No, we but, didn't pull the clip because the clip isn't something that we need to play. Yeah. The clip is what led us to the story because when I heard the boys talking about it, yeah, yes. I thought, hey, that's kind of a little crossover for what we would dive into. Yes, exactly. And so we... Okay, yeah. So, yeah, we yeah we, we pull stories from lots of places. Other podcasts, too, right? And so, yes, that is part of the... That's the beautiful thing is there's so much information out there. You know, there, there's a lot of bullshit to sort through, I guess. Yeah, uh, and so. I mean... We are not, uh, we're not trying to step on anyone's toes, and we don't consider it a toe step if someone else, like No Agenda, covers it before we do. Although I have noticed, and it's not arrogance, it's just great facts, we've kind of been scooping the boys on a few things. You know, we, well, they, uh, they we had that submarine <laughs> shit before they did we uh yeah well they they're they're looking at a bigger they're they're looking yeah, at a they're, much they're bigger not looking pool. at the silly little shit that we look at yeah they're well they're looking they look at a lot of things and so i mean usually when they catch something it's it's you know it's it's of import so we're you know we're looking at a subset of, of you know the the, the 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 sort of the media landscape that we're well that that's we're why interested. they make so much money and and we don't oh well, there you go and i don't care because i don't i'm not doing this as a career no. I'm doing this because I love doing this show with you. I love the pedal heads and all the fun that we have. It's a great way to spend a Saturday night. Exactly. Um, so speaking of which, let's get back to Boostagram. So we, yeah, a lot of a lot of boosts from Weirdo here. 333 sats. Uh, Die Antwerp. I think I think you freaky. That was, that was that's, he's got Weirdo's got some good tracks. He, he's got he, amazing music. Yeah, he 20, 20, uh, 2222 sats. Once upon a burning body turned down for what? That was I hadn't heard that in a while. And that's our, with a heavy metal remake of it okay that's yes it. it was that's right and then weirdo boosted for another for, row of ducks for it, nam yeah he for, played a little nelly saint louis i ain't heard that in a minute no. i had that's the only nelly album i ever had and i used to wear that bitch out yeah um yeah and then um let's see what we got here we uh, got a small satchel of richards one 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 again from weirdo otep special pets he came in with 1133 saying prodigy breathe then again with 222 for some mud vein dig 444 for Lil Wayne cleaning it up because it got a little dirty up in here last night and we loved it and then Cotton Gin came in with 1133 saying corn worst is on its way and boy was he right it went all off the rails from there we had 555, 666 and 777 respectively from Weirdo for Mech Mac Dre, Feeling Myself, Godsmack, Bad Religion, and Technine, Fuck Food, which we had never heard before. That's kind of cool. Then Sharky got in on the action for 3333 with a little System of a Down Prison song, followed by 4400 for Blink-182, Happy Holidays, You Bastards. And we decided that that song and the one that Phone Boy played after it needed to be in our Christmas show, so we will definitely be playing that track again. Yeah, but then Weirdo rebounded. Yeah, right, Big ball, 5,000 sats today during the show, like we said. Yeah. Lotus Effect touched me, and it was consensual. Yeah, and then, and then I have to read this because you boosted it. This is a new live son of a bitch. For 10,000 right. sets. Because so. it is a new live son of a bitch. And hey, if you want to get in on this Boostagram party that we're having on Rideshare Radio Studio 33 and any other time you want to boo 
host us, saith the Podfather. Yeah, if you're listening to one of the episodes on, you know, your podcast catcher, well, you know, first of all, if you're listening on a podcast device, uh, you know, app, that means you probably already have a 2.0 compliant one. But if you don't, take off all your clothes like we do. Go to newpodcastapps.com. Get one that lets you stream Satoshis and splash the walls of the studio. We really appreciate all of what we get, no matter how large or small. Yes, we 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 appreciate we appreciate that you are appreciating our uh, uh, well appreciation. Or something. That's right, <laughs> something like that. All of that. Now, the value you're getting, you're giving it back in abundance by being in our chat, interacting with us. You know, sending your fiat fun coupons, splashing the walls, voicemails two five three two three seven three three two one. We want to hear about other than the holy herb. How do you reach a higher consciousness? Yes, and so just remember when you. When you call two five three two three seven three three two one. One ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. Dell computers. This is Chip. That's right. Yeah, they're but, not uh, standing by, guys. But Google Voices, and it'll mangle your transcription, and uh, you'll probably be a show title. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, you know, of course, uh, all the random weird shit. If you you hear us, uh, you hear us say something worthy of a show title, dump it in the chat. We we do pay attention to these things. Uh, and also because Cotton Gin is an absolute G, we've got Isobot. So if you're in the chat and you hear something come out of our mouths that you think is worthy of becoming a clip, ISO it, and it will go back. What is it about thirty seconds? I think you can you can no. It goes. I think it'll be within the last like two minutes or something. I think he, I think okay. that's as much as he's got it going right now. But it's still a fantastic thing that we appreciate the value of having it in our chat so thank you cotton gin yes absolutely and yeah we 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 apparently dropped some gold last night oh my gosh yes Yes, it was unintentionally intentionally raw and rude it's obscene that's the point we had a great goddamn time yeah we did so um, so with that, okay, I think... Uh, well, you're forgetting about the one rule that we have for all of our listeners, no matter how you re... You know, how you give us back the value. We don't want your shit. Please don't <laughs> send us your shit. That's right. And as we said last week, what we mean by that is very simple. If you want to give us, you know, feedback via no agenda, at Phoneboy or at Phoenix, any other way, email us, you know, our, our tag, Phoneboy or Phoenix, lotuseffect.show these are all uh, is it dot no yeah it is yes they're they're, they're dot show yes yeah that's right yes no no matter how you give us feedback the bottom line is this be respectful because we don't put up with racist language we're not snowflakes but if we hear you use any offensive language toward a race gender creed etc you'll definitely get a block we're not going to report you because we're not baby back bitches but you'll definitely get a block and if your attempt is to get a call out on our show for being a complete waste of human anatomy that might happen too but just know that we don't want your shit. We don't want to hear your racist views. We don't want to hear your bullshit hatred. If you have constructive criticism, absolutely give it to us. But if you're being a hateful individual, you know you can take a big step back and literally fuck your own face and uh, fuck you. That's have a nice true. day. Exactly. So, anyway, yeah, uh, we, we're just, just, yeah. Hey, we we like the feedback, but remember, we're people, and we're just, we're just, we're just trying to have a good time here. So. Yeah, and we don't subscribe to racist bullshit. It's very simple. That's right. And uh, but uh, I know what we do subscribe to is uh, is this. Don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're fucked up. 
uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. Now, That's right. Now, of course, uh, anybody who's uh, tried to, w- to lose weight realizes that exercise alone is not effective for weight loss. And, you know, of course, an expert. And we, now, we know from, uh, from, from many years of listening to Grumpy Old Ben's that, uh, that an expert is literally just somebody that claims they're an expert, right? So, um, you know, this, and so I wonder, th- this, you know, and, and of course, you know, this, this particular uh, article quoted some expert who wrote a book. Yeah, I've, 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 I think I can relate to that. <laughs> so, renowned metabolism expert Herman Ponser has challenged the common belief that exercise leads to significant weight loss. In his book, Burn, New Research Blows the Lid Off How We Really Burn Calories, Stay Healthy, and Lose Weight, Ponser presented compelling evidence that exercise alone is not sufficient for shedding pounds. As an associate pr- professor of evolutionary anthropology and global health at Duke University, Ponzer argued that while exercise is crucial for overall well-being, it does not lead to sustained weight loss in the long term. According to Ponzer's research, individuals may experience initial weight reduction through exercise for approximately 10 months. However, their weight tends to revert to its original level regardless of continued adherence to the exercise regimen. This phenomenon occurs because the body is evolved with a predetermined energy expenditure and it readjusts to this baseline after the initial period, compensating for any exercise-related influence. Now, um... This is no, this is, you know, you, you can't, uh, yeah, you can't just go have a jelly bean and, you know, or have however many jelly beans and then jump and, you know, and, and counteract the, the elements of it because it's not, it is, it's not just about exercise. It is about what you eat too. And exactly. And, and you know, and, and, you know, you, you know, I know we talk about Vinny occasionally and he's got, you know, he's been, he's been doing this for more than 40 years and he can tell you that you can't out, you cannot out exercise a bad diet. He's seen it over and over again. And I think, I think we've all had that experience. We try to overexercise, and yeah, you're not going to get anywhere. You, you know, if you don't, all make you're going to get change- is sore. Yeah. Ultimately, you're, and and that's the problem. Is yeah. it's not just the exercise; it is the diet, it is the mindset. You know, we have another story in here talking about mindset when it comes to losing weight, and I really do subscribe to that. You have to be in the right mindset in order to be successful for weight loss, no matter how you're doing it. But you cannot outrun a bad diet. That is the bottom line in that. Whole situation and it's interesting because they talk about for type 2 diabetics who exercise some approaches are better than others well duh you know why don't we stop eating garbage but hey an analysis on the positive effects of exercise on blood sugar levels in people with type 2 diabetes shows that while exercise helps certain activities and their timing are extremely good for people's health I guess that kind of relates to the fact that you actually have to want to get your happy ass up and do the exercise so the study published in the American Journal of Medicine provides a comprehensive but straightforward summary of the benefits of exercise on controlling blood glucose levels in people with type 2 diabetes. In short, any movement is good and more is generally better. Well, duh. Now, this is according to Stephen Mallon, an associate professor in the Department of Kinesiology and Health at Rutgers School of Arts and Science and an author of the study. Okay, pause that. Maybe it's me. Why are you the, you're a professor at an arts school? Like, where does arts even fit in with health and science and kinesiology and things? That, that kind of threw me. But nonetheless, the combination of aerobic exercise and weightlifting is likely better than either alone. Duh. Exercise in the afternoon might work better than exercise in the morning for glucose control. And exercise after a meal may help slightly more than before a meal. 
is this guy for real? Like, holy crap on crackers. This is common sense. I'm sorry. So you don't have to lose weight to see the benefits of exercise. And it's because exercise can lower body fat and increase muscle tone. Yeah. And this guy had to be a professor to come up with this fucking analysis? Wow. Yeah, it doesn't... There's, yeah, there's, this is, Sorry, just reading that makes me nuts. Because it's it's a whole lot of... They don't talk about what you're eating. Not once in this do they talk about what you are eating. It's all about exercise, exercise, exercise. That's great. But if you get done exercising and then you go drink a protein-packed, sugar-laden drink, you just wasted all of that exercise that you did. Yeah, um, exactly, and and probably damaged yourself for a lot longer. We just wait. We got we got another, uh, this. Actually, I'm trying to remember if that story is today or tomorrow. We got two shows worth of content here, so it's kind of a uh, we're we're, we're uh, I'm not I don't remember if we're covering it today or tomorrow. But yes, there we I get to the, the foods that they tell you to eat. I've got rants about that uh, right. anyway. So um, now exercise can increase stroke risk in people with blocked arteries. A study shows. Now researchers from the Indian Institute of Technology. Uh, Karangpur found that a fast heart rate during exercise can raise the risk of stroke in people with severely with severely blocked cardioid arteries. Ar- arteries. Car- yeah, carotid arteries. Carotid. And I need to I need to rant on this. Jesus Christ, do I need to rant on this? Anybody who's anybody who knows what the fuck causes a stroke. When a piece of plaque breaks the fuck off and travels up to your brain, you're done. You're stroking out. So the fact that they're like, oh, if you exercise really hard and get your heart rate up and it, you know, if you got severely blocked carotid arteries. Uh, Yeah. Wow, doc. Brilliant. Yes. Now. It's it's kind of it's okay. So then we, then we got then we also the, this say uh, the, the, the uh, here here we go. So intense exercise shows adverse effects on patients with moderate or higher stenosis levels, which being people that get more plaque. Right. Uh, uh, Somnath Roy, the study's lead author, said in the media release, it substantially increases the shear stress at the stenosis zone, which may cause the stenosis to rupture. That, yeah, that's that's where we have a bad day. Very the much ruptured so. plaque may then flow to the brain and its blood supply, causing I. I Ischemic. Ischemic. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Now, of course, I, I also look at this next one, and this is this is, uh, you know, I think this is kind of re- there's kind of related. So now, well, I, hold on, because I, I think we do want to mention that exercise did actually help maintain normal blood flow in healthy and mild cases of basically what is hardening of the arteries. So. Well, we just wanted to mention the fact that we're not shitting on exercise. We just think it needs to be combined with a healthy diet in order to be the most useful in all of these cases. Well, but here's okay. But I think as I say when we, this next story, I think will also kind of uh, articulate the position here because the head the headline which which appeared in the Daily Mail. So you you know it's clickbait. Sixteen point five million Americans at risk of stroke from exercising too hard. Now. Researchers found people with uh, uh, carotid, carotid artery stenosis. I uh, see. I got it right. Estimated to affect five percent of the country are at risk of suffering sudden clots in the brain from simple activities like a brisk walk, swimming, or even Zumba. Now, during strenuous exercise, plaque in major arteries can become dislodged and travel to the brain, where it blocks a blood vessel, causing a stroke. 
and suggests that many, as many as 16.5 million Americans may want to refrain from going all out while they work out. This is the, no- this is the number of people the Cleveland Clinic believes have uh, carotid artery stenosis. This is up from the early 2000s, where it's estimated that about 2 million Americans had the condition. Being overweight or obese is a major risk factor for the condition, scientists say, and a sedent- sedentary lifestyle, diabetes or smoking, also raises some risk. Now, I, I want to point out something that, that Vinny always talks about when you take on exercise. He says, start slow and slow down. What does that mean? Your heart rate should be in zone two, which means 180 minus your age, um, and you might even minus a few points off of that, depending upon your, your level of physical fitness. But you want to keep your heart rate reasonably low so that, uh, you know, and, and then that's prevent, that should also prevent, you know, getting a stroke or having, you know, being, being too strenuous, right? You don't have to go all out to get the benefits of exercise. Just, just go move, right? You don't have to, you know, I mean, as you should, pro- I think that's the problem yeah. is a lot of people think that when you're exercising, you have to go at your max until you just can't. And it's it's such a harmful thing that you're doing to your body when you're just going at essentially 100 miles an hour instead of going at a slow, steady pace. You know, it's kind of like the tortoise and the hare. Slow and steady wins the race yeah. so, when it comes to exercise. Now, I got, I, I, it was funny. Uh, so the next story is talks about high coffee consumption. Now, I, it's, and, and I, and I find it, uh, and I find it funny because I was, I was doing a webinar, uh, this, this week and I had somebody made a comment that I was speaking too fast. Now, fortunately, I was not the primary speaker. I was just the, the person introducing the speakers. And so, uh, I didn't have to talk too much, but, it, but, uh, of course, this also factors into, of course, you know, the, the stuff that you all listen to here. So, of course. Yeah. And we've had talks behind the mic and that's why i you know i kicked the ball that you sit on earlier and said slow down there's no reason to go 100 miles an hour through our show and the script we have the content that it will be approximately x amount of time that our show takes up yeah. and our pedal heads enjoy it what they don't enjoy is fragmented sentences because you can't slow down long enough to f- complete a thought i love you phone boy yeah Slow, yes. Ratchet it down. They don't listen at 1.5. You don't need to speak at 1.5. No, I, 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 just because I listen at 1.5. And 1. imagine 5. if the, you speaking at 1.5, they do listen at 1.5, it's going to be 3.0 and they're not going to hear a damn thing except for. <laughs> do you know how bad you sound? <laughs> yes. Okay. Now for that, no, not for that digression. So high coffee <laughs> consumption increases risk. This is what causes these digressions: is the high coffee consumption. You know that and the weed. Um, so. Uh, um Apparently, high coffee consumption increases the risk of abdominal arterial calcification in people with hypertension. Now, high coffee consumption is associated with a risk, increased risk of abdominal arterial calcification in people with hypertension, and diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. A new study has found, and now while moderating consumption of, of coffee is believed to reverse life-threatening diseases like metabolic syndrome, Parkinson's disease, type 2 diabetes, and some cancers. Excessive intake of caffeine can increase the risk of cardiovascular diseases in people with hypertension, researchers say. Now, the study, published in the journal Nutrition, Metabolism, and Cardiovascular Diseases, suggests that it's imperative to adopt caution in coffee intake to reduce the risk of AAC. I think, yeah, I think one of the ways you reduce the risk of AAC is uh, to, to use MP3 files, but anyway, that's <laughs> great tech. <joke. laughs> yes. 
The study highlights that caffeine's blood pressure raising nature may contribute to an increased risk of cardiovascular disease in people with severe hypertension. Furthermore, researchers found a connection between lower coffee consumption and calcification of the coronary arteries. Now, wait a minute. Isn't this a story about how much, how too much coffee is a bad thing? That's what I thought. And of course, the, 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 this piece ends with the classical phrase, more research is needed to clarify these findings. Which, which means, we know is bullshit. Yeah, and I was going to play the clip. I've got it right there. <coughs> bullshit. Exactly. We know that in jargon, when you're doing a study and more research is needed, that means we can't prove our hypothesis. It didn't pan out and... We don't want to look like a bunch of assholes, so we're just going to put this little, you know, phrase in there, and everything will be all better. Yes. Now, there is another study. Now, this entertained me when I saw it, which is why I wanted to cover it. It's all in your mind. According to this study, your boost from your morning coffee may be a placebo. So kickstarting the day with a cup of coffee is unthinkable for many, or without a cup of coffee is unthinkable for many. Do you believe that the caffeine from the morning coffee is what's keeping you going? Maybe not. As a recent study suggests, the morning caffeine boost might be all in your head. Well, yeah, isn't that where it's supposed to be? Is like waking up your brain and making you more functional? So yeah, you would hope it would be in your head. But anyway... Research from Portugal evaluated if the alertness associated with morning coffee is from caffeine or from the experience of drinking it. They then found that drinking coffee could have more of a placebo effect. The participants who drank coffee showed increased connectivity in the higher visual network and the right executive control network of the brain associated with working memory, cognitive control, and goal-directed behavior. However, when participants consumed only caffeine, the researchers didn't observe this heightened connectivity. Researchers believed the benefit of coffee over caffeine may be the distinctive aroma, taste, or psychological expectations tied to the drink. Well, you know, or, you know what, what they could be missing here, I just I have, to, I have to play this. The best part of waking up is fluoride in my cup. Yeah, we've, we actually did an entire show, I don't remember the episode number, about coffee. So yes. this study really kind of made me take pause and go, are you fucking kidding? Now, I do know I have read stuff that says that if you drink, for instance, a bottle of water, nice cold bottle of water in the morning, instead of a cup of coffee, it has the same effect. Yeah, it will wake you up. It definitely will. And maybe there's something to the fact that it's not necessarily the caffeine, but just the experience of drinking it. But I don't think they're diving into the other properties that coffee has above and beyond the caffeine that could be assisting in getting all of those connections working and functioning properly. So I just really think that, in other words, they don't fucking know. Yeah, what else is there? They're... Trying to make print, and apparently it worked because we took enough notice of it to shit all over it. And yeah. there you go. There you go. Keep drinking your coffee, folks, because we're gonna. Exactly. Now, um, you, you, if you've ever tried to lose weight, your your friends and family are not always helpful. Sometimes, and uh, that I, I uh, let's just say I I somehow managed to do it without any help because I can assure you that I was not getting help. Um, and and around and, and this, I can tell you that 
my weight loss journey has been very, for years, sabotaged by people like my own father, my ex-husband. It has only been since you and I and the massive outpouring of support from pedal heads and NA producers and even people in my family who may have been afraid to be supportive before have come out to be supportive now. Yeah, there you go. Now, so around 42% of Americans experience obesity, and I think that number is low, and thus this number continues to rise. However, many of these individuals try to lose weight, with, and with data revealing that almost 70% of adults living with obesity take action to shed the pounds. Now, many people on a weight loss journey rely on their partner, family, and, and friends for encouragement. Now, previous studies have highlighted how positive support, such as a partner also adopting a healthier diet can influence weight loss outcomes. Now, unfortunately, not all support from loved ones is beneficial. Now, new research from the University of Surrey, UK, published in Current Obesity Reports, found that friends and family can purposely engage in behaviors to sabotage weight loss att attempts among individuals living with obesity. Now, the, the, the main three things that they do, um, they, they will, and, and they sabotage, meaning they won't, they, they, they won't help you or they'll, oh, I'll forget to take you to the, to the you know, to the, to your exercise class or whatever, uh, they might be. Or they know that you're, you know, in, in the case of my dad, you know, he knew that I was trying to go on a diet. So he would make sure he went out and bought potato chips and cookies and all the shit that as a younger person, I just could not resist munching on. So, yeah, thanks, asshole. Yeah. And so, yeah, not being, you know, being a feeder, that's, yeah, especially with all the food that they've got these days. And then, um, you know, or it could be that you just kind of go along. And this is where you, the collusion where they kind of they described it as sort of going along to get along and all of it and not yeah to, you don't want to be chastised for the fact that you're not having a gigantic scoop of mashed potatoes at the holiday because you shouldn't be eating the carbs and you just give in to the pressure now it was pointed out and when i read this i can totally see where experiencing obesity that is such a disgusting news speak that i just can't even tolerate OMG, like experiencing homelessness. Fuck you. Stop your sanitized bullshit. Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> yes. Siri for the fucking win. There you go. Yes, this is what happens. Now, Jane Ogden, a professor of health psychology, uh, uh, um, yeah, at the, at the health psychology at the University of Surrey and lead author of the study, said in a statement that weight loss often results in change from giving a person more confidence to a change in social dynamics in their relationships. Now, many... Um, do not welcome such changes, she continued, and may continue consciously or subconsciously try to derail a person's attempts to lose weight in order to keep things the way they are. Uh, now, Dr. Faye Borgia, a licensed uh, professional, uh, professional counselor and clinical manager at the Hardy Clinic, said they may experience guilt over their own unhealthy decisions and project that guilt onto their friend or family member actively trying to lose weight. And I think that's what it was with your ex and the fact that she, I mean, you even tried tried to express to her and your heifer daughter that look this is the way that you know i'm an example i did this you too can do this and yeah she would probably look at herself and feel so ashamed that she was 450 pounds a useless cunt and not want to actually because of her narcissism admit 
that she was 450 pounds of useless cunt and that you were right. So yeah, she can fucking die too. Yeah, there you go. But, and, and, and I can, assure, you know, I can assure you that I got that, uh, I, I pretty much took matters into my own hands, uh, and did not allow any of any of the sabotage to work. And, uh, and, you know, and the results speak for themselves. So it's, but I mean, you know, ultimately, yes, you can say that friends and family are sabotaging you, but at the same time, you're ultimately responsible for your, uh, for your actions. This is where we talk about putting on your own oxygen mask. That's right. And sometimes, yeah, you got to have those conversations. Yeah, I don't eat those things because they're not. And, and, and I don't have I don't have an issue expressing that now. It's like I, the people who know me know Even that when we're together and I'm like, you know, do you want me to, you know, do, do you want to have a little bit of a bend to the rule? And, you know, I can make this or I can make that. And you're just usually like, yeah, no. And then I realize you're right. There's no purpose in doing this or that. No. I mean, tonight's dinner is a fantastic example of that, which we'll talk about what I'm making in the back of the napkin. But yeah. I found an amazing workaround for a hopefully delicious dinner, and we'll see what happens. Exactly. So, um, so now I guess this. When I saw this story, um, this is and this is this um, this story is about uh, intermittent fasting, how it could help protect. Which, the- by the way, we also did a. I believe it was a full-on segment yeah, in we one did. of our shows yeah, on we, we, we fasting. Did, we did talk about fasting. So, um, And so in recent years, one of the most promising areas of research on age-related diseases, such as Alzheimer's disease, has been the accumulation of harmful proteins in the brain, specifically amyloid beta. Amyloid beta has remained a prominent area of research in Alzheimer's disease as its buildup is a classic feature in the development of the condition. Understanding its involvement in the disease process is crucial for advancing advancing our knowledge and developing effective strategies to diagnose, prevent, and treat the disease. The researchers in this study sought to find out if dietary interventions, particularly intermittent fasting, would counteract the accumulation of amyloid B in the brain and potentially safeguard against age-related brain cell death. In a paper published in 2021, two researchers showed that in experiments conducted in mice, okay, uh, that intermittent fasting counteracted amyloid B accumulation in the brain. These findings were further confirmed in a paper published in May of 2022. Our study's findings suggest that intermittent fasting may be an effective way to increase the, the efficiency of autophagy, which is the process that breaks down and recycles damaged or unnecessary cellular components, such as orangels or, or and uh, toxic proteins. This process can therefore reduce the risk of amyloid B buildup and associated brain cell death. Now, what? Now, actually, I think what, you know, with intermittent fasting, where, where, where you get the benefits of the brain health is, yeah, because you, you, get, you, you get your body into ketosis and your body gets, gets used to burning fat and your brain likes ketones. That's, that's one, it runs on ketones uh, mostly. I mean, it does, it, does, um, it does run on glucose a little bit, but not as much as it, it, it would prefer ketones for the most part. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's actually where you get the benefit and the brain, the brain's much happier with ketones. Than, than it is with glucose and, and will it will use it if it's there but um, yeah that I, I have a feeling that probably uh, does a lot to uh, uh, counteract the um um, counter uh, counteract uh, the, the the Alzheimer's uh, for sure it's because it's you know they call uh, Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes you know that's so, right they do yeah because it's because it ends up being caused by the same thing and oh by the way I had a you know my uh uh, my, uh, yeah, my my ex's uh, grand uh, grandmother um, 
one of them had one of them actually had Alzheimer's and passed away. And I'm, you know, and it's like, if, and I knew that was a fear of hers. I said, well, if you if you're afraid of this, you might look at this approach. It seems like it, you know, all the all the sort of everything I'm reading suggests that this will probably help. At least it won't hurt. But again, that would mean she would have to step outside of her. It's all about me and somebody else could be right mentality. So if she dies from Alzheimer's, good fucking riddance because she did it to herself. Yeah, well, that's anyway. Let, let's get on to something more entertaining because your ex really annoys the fuck out of me. Yeah, so just the subject of. Yeah, let's. Uh, this is this is the story. This is the story that we stole, finger quotes, from No Agenda because they covered it in one of the recent episodes. Now, a new report suggests lab-grown meat may have a larger carbon footprint than retail beef, and researchers at the University of California Davis found that lab-grown or culture cultivated meat's environmental impact is likely to be orders of magnitude higher than retail beef-based. And now I love this because of the fact they have been really touting. There was a guy who received, like, a huge-ass grant from Bezos, that douche canoe. Uh, He's a chef, and he's all on the fucking, you know, lab-grown meat train. So researchers conducted a life cycle assessment of the energy needed and greenhouse gases emitted in all stages of production and compared that with beef, the actual animal. So one of the current challenges with lab-grown meat is the use of highly refined or purified growth media. That's right, stem cells. The ingredients needed to help animal cells multiply. Yeah, because we wouldn't want to do it naturally. But anyway, you know, that's why the vegans are loving this. Because it's not real meat. We care about the animals. No, it's baby embryos that's feeding this lab-grown meat. But you care about the animals. Yeah, no beef were harmed in this production. But anyway. Oh, oh, but, oh, but, the, oh but, yeah, the, uh, the, but the bovine cells that they use to culture this meat are obviously, you know, th- those cells are fine, right? It's like Right, that's my but, point. Yeah, you the know. hypocrisy is pretty thick Exactly. Currently, this method is similar to the biotechnology used to make pharmaceuticals. This sets up a critical question for cultured meat production. Is it a pharmaceutical product or a food product? If companies are having to purify growth media to pharmaceutical levels, it uses more resources, resources, which then increases global warming potential, said lead author and doctoral graduate Derek Reisner from UC Davis Department of Food Science and Technology. If this product continues to be produced using the pharma approach, it's going to be worse for the environment and more expensive than conventional beef production. The, t- the scientists define the global warming potential as the carbon dioxide equivalents emitted for each kilogram of meat produced. The study found that the global warming potential of lab-based meat using these purified media is 4 to 25 times greater than the average for retail beef. Yeah, that's insane. Our findings suggest that cultured meat is not inherently better for the environment than conventional beef. It's not a panacea. 
said corresponding author Edward Spang, an associate professor in the Department of Food Science and Technology. It's possible we could reduce its environmental impact in the future, but it will require significant technical advancement to simultaneously increase the performance and decrease the cost of the cell culture media. Even the most efficient beef production systems reviewed in the study outperform cultured meat across the scenarios, suggesting investments to advance more climate-friendly beef production may yield greater reductions in emissions more quickly than investments in cultured meat. Now, the BOTG, of course... Boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. Report from No Agenda corroborates this article. Yeah, pretty much. That was what. Yeah, we pulled it. Of course, it all. Yeah, and it's it's, it's obviously not. You know, again, the, to to pretend that it's uh, somehow uh, not involving animals. Yeah, that that's uh, that's a bunch of uh, total dog whistle. Yeah, it's a total. I'm calling it now. Yeah, it's exactly. So, um, okay, now we're going to get into this. Is the uh, there? Are, we have five foods with low glycemic index to control blood sugar levels. Now, this uh, I read this and I I I I, I blew a gasket. So, okay, the five foods that they suggest. Where is our phone boy rant incoming clip because i can assure you we're gonna need it okay so so number one on the list is porridge well okay this is a grain which is terrible you should not be having this now they now they now they say that some of these grains like oatmeal and stuff are well they're uh you know they're low glycemic but they but they have a high load and it just what that means is it's spread out and that load is spread out over hours and hours and hours so it keeps so yeah it keeps you full keeps your blood sugar really high too keeps you sick so if you if you're yeah which is interesting because of the fact that this is remember five foods that are supposed to have a low glycemic index which controls blood sugar levels if you're eating that and your levels are staying high because of it being so spread out how is that helpful yeah um okay then we talk about then then they mention blueberries now it's i'm gonna i'm i have a hard time arguing with blueberries now the question is you know where where are they coming from right and because i mean they're not they, they, you know there's a whole I mean, some people do actually grow their own yeah there's some people that do actually we we did have it we had a bush i don't know that we ever actually supposedly we had some blueberry plants but i don't know that they ever actually produced much of anything it's hard honestly unless you're netting them and and paying very particular attention the birds will often just get your blueberries and and you're you know you're feeding them and not yourself yes uh, sir bemrose you are correct the, the, the correct uh, article the, the correct item of food to eat on a low glycemic index is bacon followed by steak <laughs> and yes I your favorite breakfast cereal that's right yeah darn you, it you haven't decided which one is better bacon and eggs or steak and eggs yeah. i say why choose go for both that's right all, i have all the meats so uh then they get sweet potato which um you know there's some debate about it, like how bad that is in the and in, in even in, in some in some parts of the low carb community but um i would probably avoid that myself uh, maybe Maybe after I get a, after I, I lose a little bit more weight again and, and get get metabolically healthy, maybe in the right circumstance I would do it. Although I am going to go, I, I will tell you that it, that in that in Israel I'm going to be fucking up some hummus. I'm not I'm not going to lie about that. It has been it has been a hot minute since I've had proper uh, proper hummus. Yes, we agreed um, collectively that there will be shit eaten that we should not be eating while we are in Israel. 
and there will be liquor concern, uh, consumed, and there will be no apologies offered for what we're about to do next week. No. Not even a little bit. Not we're going to have a great goddamn okay. time. So, garlic. Okay, well, how many... Okay, look, I love garlic, but how much fucking garlic are you going to eat to, you know... I don't know. There's some people who would eat garlic, like, at every meal, truly. It has a lot of health benefits, but I wouldn't want to eat a lot, a lot of it, because you start sweating that out of your pores, and you just... You all out smell bad. Exactly. So, um, I'm going... Okay, so... And then uh, they also mention yogurt. Now, yogurt, if you're going to have yogurt, it needs to be full fat and, and plain, other than maybe stuff you add to it yourself, right? And, and don't add sugar or honey or whatever, but... Um, Yes. Uh, yeah. My. I know my. Yeah. Yes. I know. Mama T. Dad ate garlic. Why? How do you know that? I, there's a reason I eat anchovies and garlic. I, it's my dad. Ugh, I can assure you. Anchovies. Yeah. I, I. I'm glad that you don't have a thing where you find it necessary to eat those often, because I'm not sure our relationship would have lasted as long as it had if I had to endure anchovy breath. Yeah, I don't have them very often. Yes, it's. It, it was one of those things I was. Um, I. I was eating during uh, when I was. Uh, when I was stuck at the uh, you know the, the the other place, so um, yeah, before I had the distinct pleasure of living with you. Yes, exactly. Now, uh, okay, this article, I, I I was. This is your rant article. It wasn't the one about the five low glycemic foods. It was this shit about you don't have to freak out about aspartame in your diet. You yeah. phone boy rant. Exactly. So I'm so we're, I, I, I actually since we're doing two scripts, I've actually got I actually was working on the script for tomorrow, um, but I was going through stories because we're trying because you know always try to see what you know try to get the late the freshest stuff, and I came across this article in the Verge. Okay, with the headline, you don't have to freak out about aspartame in your diet. Okay, first of all, the Verge is a fucking tech magazine, and I can Why tell you, he freaked the fuck out like he is now. Yes. Why the fuck is the Verge a tech a tech news source writing about fucking aspartame? So, I'll I'll read I'll I'll read a a couple things from the article. Now, yesterday, Reuters broke the news that the World Health Organization's International Agency for Research on Cancer will declare aspartame as possibly carcinogenic next month. However, that doesn't mean you have to raid your pantry and toss any sugar-free foods containing artificial sweetener. And then the article spends way too much time talking about which regulatory agency and which body is better suited to assess the risk of aspartame. I can tell you that uh, if you, uh, you know, if, if you, you know, if you like going to the bathroom you know kind of a you know in a continuous flow then uh yeah keep keep consuming aspartame otherwise or ozempic yeah or, or ozempic like that now the okay the bottom line says the article is a leaked report from a non-food safety agency is not what you should base your decision to consume aspartame on it's one of the most studied sweeteners and it undergoes periodic r rigorous reviews of of, Where is it? Where's yeah, the clip? I know. I, I'm. I'm. This is. This is. I'm trying to build up to it. There we go. Uh, it, it, it's not. It's not what you should base your decision. It goes periodic, rigorous review by food safety agencies until agencies say otherwise. There's no need to panic. <coughs> Bullshit. We're not panicking. We're simply saying, why the fuck are you consuming aspartame? We don't give a fuck if the SD if the FDA says that it's healthy. You know what else they say is okay? Sugar. And we all know that's killing everybody. 
Stop it! Yeah, I yeah I yeah honest, honestly, Sir Bemrose, yes, The Verge is. I, I usually I mainly hate read The Verge. I'll I'll admit, right? Because they just they, they come up with some. Yeah, stupid- it's not like we're using them for actual articles to, you know, work with on our show. It's just something that casually gets attended to like oh look at that how fucking ridiculous now i have a question the verge isn't the one about the uh, my own grandpa was it that was something else. that came off something else which we okay will, just it, just ask yeah that yeah that's that yeah you're giving away some of the stories well, no, for i'm tomorrow. not trying to give away any of the stories but it was like if they're gonna cross a boundary and try to talk about something they have no fucking business even diving into i didn't know just exactly how dick how dick they were drilling how deep they were drilling that dick (laughs) what just don't ask i can't yeah i don't know what you i don't know what the fuck you're talking about here my point is if they're trying to stick their dick into things they don't belong reporting on i.e aspartame when they're a tech magazine i didn't know just exactly how deep they were going to drill down in things that are none of their business, i.e. the my own grandfather thing. Yeah, that's... that's Do you di- now understand what I'm trying to tell you over yes, here? Yes, I understand. Well, that's a, that was a different source. That came off of Yahoo, and Yahoo's got all kinds of weird shit on it. So. Oh, my God. In and of itself, that should tell you walk away. Yeah, well, they aggregate stuff from a bunch of sites, and I think this was an article on some other site. Anyway, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that when we get to that. Now, apparently, living near green space makes you 2.5 years younger, as, uh, says a study. Now, and city parks and green spaces help counter heat, boost biodiversity, and instill a sense of calm in the urban jungle. They also help show biological aging with people who have access to green spaces found to be, on average, 2.5 years biologically younger than those who do not, according to a new study published Wednesday in Science Advances. The researchers followed more than 900 white and black people from four American cities, Birmingham, I assume Alabama, Chicago, Minneapolis, and Oakland. Yeah, and those are, yeah, uh, over a period of 20 years, from 1986 to 2006. Okay, can I be an asshole for two seconds? Thank you very much. For not being a racial show, I'm going to make a very racial statement. Of course they picked those for black people. That's all the fuck live in those cities. Yeah. And using satellite imaging, the team assessed how close the participants' residential address were to surrounding vegetation and parks and paired this data with blood samples taken in years 15 and years 20 of the study to determine their biological age. The team constructed statistical models to evaluate the results and control for other variables such as education, income, and behavioral factors like smoking that might have affected the results. They found that people whose homes were surrounded by 30% green cover within a 5-kilometer or 3-mile radius were on average... 2.5 years younger biologically compared to those whose homes were surrounded by 20% green cover. The benefits were not only even, were not evenly shared, however, and black people with more access to green space were only one year biologically younger, while white people were three years younger. Now, um, of course, it also says other factors such as stress qualities of the surrounding green space and other social support can affect the degree of the benefits of green spaces in terms of biological aging, said Kizu Kim, the study's lead author and a postdoctoral scholar at Northwestern University's Feinberg School of Medicine, explaining the disparities required further study, which you know means <coughs> bullshit. There's that term again. Yep, there we go. And it's interesting to me because... It does kind of make sense on a very basic level that having a green space near you, it's just more peaceful. Of course, it's going to add years to your life. Stress takes years off of your life. 
Exactly. Kind of like smoking, which, oh yeah, goes hand in hand with stress and also has sugar, so don't do it. Yes. So, now, but uh, everybody poops. And uh, this shit's getting ridiculous. Two weeks in a row of these shitty stories. I don't know what we're going to do with you, phone boy. Yeah. Yeah. The, yes. And I, I know. And actually, so, so one thing. I, so so a comment from Sir Bemrose, of course, is, dera- is, is, is uh, frequently derails the, 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 the show here. But we um, that's but, why I tell you, do not feed the trolls. Yes. The well, head troll does not need feeding. He has a little trollet that he married who does just fine feeding his trolldom during our show. You do not need to throw <laughs> scraps to the trolls. Oh, my. Well, maybe I'll throw shit at the trolls. How about that? So, so <laughs> Kind of like the monkey <laughs> that shits in his hand and throws it. It's our phone boy, Chi-Chi. Yeah, so, so, so an NHS doctor reveals the correct way of pooping for a truly wonderful dump. Uh, Dr. Karan Rajan, a doctor at the UK's National Health Service, recently uploaded a video on his TikTok account containing a piece of helpful advice for smooth and easy pooping. Oh my god, when you first started reading that, I thought you were going to say it contained a piece of poop. (laughs) I just was waiting for it. Considering those people over in the UK are so full of shit, of course that's where this study came out of. They have plenty of study material. And in the video, Dr. Rajan John revealed a pooping technique that requires finding the right angle to have a truly wonderful dump. Focus on the angles, particularly the angle between your abdomen and your thighs, he said in this video, according to the New York Post. Make this as small as possible. Now, I want to point out something. Now, I, so th- the people who wrote this fucking article, and I just noticed this. The people who wrote this fucking article... <laughs> had to quote the New York Post. They couldn't go find the fucking video themselves to go (laughs) confirm it. These people are fucking stupid. They're fucking lazy. Be amazed they didn't have chat GPT write the fucking thing. Jesus Christ. Come on, this is too funny. This should have been some back of the napkin because that's where it should have been wiped. Yeah, pretty much. Now... Um, now you can read you so you can you can reduce this thigh torso angle by leaning forwards when unleashing the brown kraken that you can't doctor added. <laughs> Rajan said people should combine this technique with raising their heels so they are leaning on the balls of their feet and placing their knees above their hips. The doctor also suggested raising the feet on a rolled up towel to achieve the pooping position. Rajan argued that this technique would allow the puborectils, uh, the muscle that wraps around the rectum, to relax. It causes the rectum to strengthen and gives you a smoother exit, he said. Now, they actually sell a device that helps with this. It's called the Squatty Potty. I don't want to know why you know that. Because it was advertised on every fucking podcast uh, for a while. Actually, even it was... My God, I can't do this damn shit with a straight (laughs) face. Horrible this story is. I know. But yes, they still... By the way, I looked it up. They still sell squatty potties. So, yes, they still sell squatty potties. That's as bad as the fact that they sell portable bidets. Yes. Like the little douche bottle with the... No! <laughs> Stop it, folks! Okay, well, s- speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of douche bottles, I think there's a... I think this is a, the next clip to play. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. 
That is the truth. It, happiness is very much important, and the key is not a penis in my asshole, but it, there is some shit going on over here, thanks to that last story, but nonetheless. So we want to talk about an article that we found, and this is one that I really think, as lighthearted as it is, it has a lot of impact. It starts off with how toast changed my life and helped me stop binging. This is an interesting read, folks. So I'd started working on understanding how my thoughts were contributing to my suffering. So I was in the very beginning stages of awareness. And there I was, standing at the counter, buttered toast and listening to my thoughts as I, or buttering toast and listening to my thoughts as I did so. They were horribly abusive, judgmental, and berating. What kind of loser eats bread for breakfast? And white bread, even. It's so bad. You're such a screw-up. What's the matter with you? You're going to be so bloated and gross. This isn't going to build any muscle. You trained hard yesterday. You should be eating protein. God, you're an idiot. You just promised you were going to be good today, and you're screwing up already again. All you ever do is screw up. This led to planning out a binge with more judgment. Then, like magic, something switched in my brain, and another voice came charging in like a knight on a white horse and said in a lighter, more compassionate tone, Um, dude, it's just toast. The first voice stopped in its tracks and was like, Wait, what did you say? The white voice continued, I mean, it's just fucking toast. You don't want oats and eggs this morning. You just want a couple pieces of toast. Normal people eat toast for breakfast sometimes. <clears throat> Why have you decided you're a horrible human just because you feel like a couple pieces of toast for breakfast? This is the silliest thing I've ever heard. It was like someone in my head threw me a life raft of sanity. The first voice was a little taken aback for a second. I needed to sit with that information before replying, Holy shit, you're right. Instantly. All abusive thoughts were gone, and all thoughts about binging during the rest of the day were gone. I, en I ate and enjoyed my two pieces of toast and went about my day in peace. Now, Vinny talks about not eating around what you want, and I get that. I've been dying for some toast, especially because Tigger's Joy sent me some fluff and all-natural peanut butter. And for any of y'all who know what a fluff or nutter is, mm-hmm. Your girl Phoenix has been dying for a fucking fluffernutter, but I have denied myself. The closest I came is we went out to dinner and they had these yeast rolls at Logan's Roadhouse. So we brought a couple home and I was like, I'm not going to buy a loaf of bread because I know me. I will fuck up that loaf of bread and, and I will gain weight and, and feel like ass. So instead, I had a little fluffernutter on one of these yeast rolls, which honestly, it one, the rolls weren't that great. Let's just admit it. I used to love yeast rolls. And after all this time of actually eating clean to consume that, one, it felt really dirty. And two, it just didn't have the taste I wanted. It almost tasted sour. So it was the closest I got to an actual fluffernutter because I did put some peanut butter and fluff on one of those little rolls. And I let phone boy try it and he agreed that back in the day yeah that would have been something he fucked up on a hard level on some normal bread so i get where this person's at <clears throat> talking about you know really wanting the toast and beating themselves up over it because a lot of us who are trying to stay true to eating clean living clean sometimes we do fall 
And, you know, like Vinny says, don't eat around what you want. But also, it doesn't mean it has to derail you permanently. If you decide to be, you know, the person who needs to have that couple pieces of buttered toast in the morning, okay, eat the buttered toast. And then get back on track for lunch. It's not something that should bring you down this rabbit hole of diet hell that is going to leave you at the bottom unsatisfied and having to climb your way back to the weight loss that you once experienced because you had a momentary lapse of Reason. strength. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just not the end of the world. Yeah. And don't beat yourself up over it. Yeah. I have learned, and that's one thing that I used to do a lot, is beat the hell out of myself. If I was trying to be good and trying to diet, and I fell off the wagon, oh, I would hate on myself so bad. And exactly the horrible, <clears throat> judgmental things that this person was talking about was going on in her head. Like, you know, you're a failure, you're a loser, what the fuck is wrong with you? And it is true. Once you finally make that conscious decision to forgive yourself and say, okay... I ate it. The craving is now out of my system. I'm not going to eat like a trash panda. I'm going to get right back on the thing. Have the right mindset. And don't beat yourself up for those moments of weakness where you have to put a little bit of life into living in order to get over a rough spot. Because as Phone Boy has said, those rough spots become less and less until you just see all of the food that you shouldn't be eating. The sugars, the seed oils, the grains, all of that. You see it as not food. So don't hate yourself because that's going to derail you faster than that little moment of putting life into living. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and I think, you know, even Vinny himself is, you know, he, he's, he's had his, he had, you know, he, he, he admits, he admits he's a sugar addict and that's, and that's, you know, that's the thing is this, you, you need to, whatever it is you eat, you need to have a, a healthy relationship with it. It needs to nourish you and all, and, and, and you not need to be something that you obsess over because that, that's not, uh, that's not good either. So. Um, exactly. And I have seen via the trolls pointing out there are 33 people in the chat love the magic number folks oh there you go so now this story actually i'm gonna let you tell it but it was really a heartwarming story and it's about fucking time we got some heartwarming stories in the happiness section yeah which we are trying to get more of so y'all if you have any happy good feels you know stories that you want to share with us that you think would be great to be covered on the show please feel free to send them to us we absolutely appreciate that value for value return in story sent because sometimes it's hard you know if it bleeds it leads so finding a heartwarming story of somebody doing something selfless and good they're harder to find yes exactly and, like and, this story yeah like this one so um so a man jumps in during a freak storm to rescue four people from sinking florida houseboat after gulf conditions off the florida panhandle changed rapidly one resident attempted to rescue three people trapped in a capsized houseboat another boat saw what was happening and came to help and even rescue the rescuer demonstrating the diffusion of heroism among the folks of the florida gulf community it started last friday when travis brady and his friends left the panama city marina on the opening day of red snapper season with storm clouds coming fast behind them loath to miss the chance for a big catch they nevertheless decided to call it a day early when the water became smattered with five to six foot waves <coughs> excuse me on the way back to the marina they saw a houseboat a floating general store that served watermen near a sandbar had broken free from its moorings as brady and his friends approached they saw um 
Another boat had already arrived, and his owner was attempting to rescue three people trapped in the houseboat. The rescuer, later identified as Boyd Jordan, jumped in the water, smashed the window, and helped all three people out after the household or after the houseboat capsized. He is the true hero of this story, Brady told WJHG. Without hesitation, he was just in the water helping those people. That's when Brady and his friends arrived, do- uh, dodging debris and waves to throw a life jacket to Jordan with a line attached to it. The houseboat's occupants were already wearing life jackets. Hauling Jordan aboard their already overcrowded fishing boat, they then guided the stranded individuals to the sandbar where they were able to walk ashore. Brady then took Jordan's, his own boat, before it crashed into the seawall. And yeah, I mean, you lose a lot to, you know, sometimes you lose things when you, when you, uh, you know, when you, when you go out and you go after, or you try to help somebody out. I mean, it's a, it's, so it's a, um, it's amazing to see this, uh, you know, there are still people like this out in the world and there are still people that are out there that, uh, uh, you know, that, that actually are willing to care write about, about humanity, uh, apparently. Yeah. And it is heartwarming. It's really nice to see some, even Florida man, come on, Florida yeah. man gets such shit. It's nice to see a Florida man actually doing something humane. Yeah, exactly. So now I think we are on to the, uh, no, well, okay, well, I have, I can. We're going to be filling in for Sir Rev Cybertrucker, who's chasing his own ass out there on the open road today. Yeah, I was prepared for this. You're always prepared because you're a consummate professional. That's right, but I have to play the jingle first. Well, yes, you do. Yes, I do that. Ho, pedalheads, and welcome to the Rev Cybertruckers Cavalcade of Stupidity. Okay, so. Um, this is a song that uh, I I don't I didn't look up the art I didn't look up any information about the artist but it was uh, there there was a song and I can't remember who did it but uh, that came out in the eighties called Rumors that uh, this is a parody of well that uh, with uh, you know with some uh, interesting little creatures that uh, you do not want to be partying with that's all I can say so we'll uh, let this uh, play play a little bit of it here. stop that but I, I dig that one even as gross as it is but you know we'll play the full version yeah um in studio 33 tonight y- as we do as we do actually i think i forgot to pl- i think the fill-ins i forgot to play in studio 33 all all th- so i'm gonna need to actually play all three of them 
No. Wow. You forgot something. Hold my beer. Somebody alert the press. Phone boy isn't perfect. Holy shit. Exactly. So, but anyway, we know, we know, Rev, you're you're busy. uh, Yeah, it's all good, bro. We we love you anyway. Yes. I've got enough dementia to uh, to fill in. So this is a, you know, this is. He has a wealth of filth. Yes. He has. Filth, filth, foul, foul. And you're filth and foul. That's right. Yeah. Oh, makes me want to play some Tom Lair. I'm just saying. Well, that was no. That, I was quoting Bill Cosby. I, I know that. Yes. I, I know the bit in yeah. which you. But it made me think about. Okay. Tom Lair. Okay. Yes, so. I am old enough to remember the Bill Cosby shit. Yes. And I listened to it. Yes, we we all did. Uh, now, uh, so now we are into our toast and jam segment. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, do we have tales from rideshare this week? Uh, we I think don't what- have much, really. Although I did have a really great ride. So I decided that I was going to get up disgustingly early because I was going to do an overnight. Because there was a ride that was paying over $100 that went from like 30 minutes from where we live all the way out to Nashville. But it picked up at like 830 at night the next day. So I was like, all right, we're going to do an overnight and see what that's like. Because there's no way I'm driving all the way out to Nashville at like 1030 at night and not working overnight. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So I decided to do an overnight and I'm sitting at the airport because I was just going to work the airport all day. I figured, screw it. Let's see what that yields. And the first ride of the day ends up being this amazing person, a girl who actually operates heavy equipment. Yes, ladies. I was so awestruck like you are one badass bitch <laughs> well you, well you, you remember what my what, what my boss said when when i when he found out that you he said Ooh yes, la la. that's right he and and i'm gonna be able to meet that boss so yes. he'll, he'll get to see the ooh la la up, up close and personal that, that's right so that being said it was like a two plus hour ride to get up to kentucky where we were going and it was the most amazing trip. We had the greatest conversation. She gave me this awesome pair of pink safety glasses. And she told me about a wonderful book, which Phone Boy ordered. And we're going to be reading. And it was just such a great time. She was an amazing person. And she saw, because I have a sticker on my rearview mirror now for the Lotus Effect. And I've taken one of our business cards and I set it in front of the screen on my dash. So I'm kind of doing a little bit of you know, my own advertising for our show while I drive, but not, you know, kind of passively. But she noticed the sticker and she actually looked up the website and she was like, oh, is that your show? Blah, blah, blah. And we got talking about it. And so we might actually have her as a guest. We're going to review this book and see if it's something that we want to talk about on air and we might end up making a interview episode about it with her but she was a phenomenal person so shout out to heather if you're listening girl i really appreciated the ride and it was a great time and uh i'll be uh, messaging you because she gave me her phone number so we're gonna message back and forth and just see how life is going and i hope that everything worked out for her in that job that she was going to up there in kentucky yeah um so yeah actually i think well it's funny because you gave me what, what did you say the name of the book was 
You said the name, yeah, which is... Oh, oh shit. Of course, I don't remember the name of the book right well, because now. Well, because we were... Well, because... And I ordered... Because I, th- I had actually had ordered two books that were, I think... I think they had the identical title. Or similar. They had very or similar, similar. similar titles. So right. One, one looks more kind of... A, one looks less serious and one looks more serious. I don't know. I've, right. I've We've got the books here. We'll, you know... But we'll, we are going to... We're going to check them out. Yeah, exactly. We're going to check them out. So... Exactly. Um, now... Um, I, th- I think we learned something that you, that if you want to wear um, if you want to wear hemp, you should have it fa- fashioned in clothes. Instead <laughs> Motherfucker! Of All right, so check it out, y'all. I decided I was gonna buy myself a rolling machine so that I can roll my own shit. And I'm and I'm working on getting a cone making machine because I'm tired of buying fucking cones for my smoke. So. I'm trying to learn how to use this frigging rolling machine and I pack the herb down in this bitch and I can't tell you exactly what I did wrong, but I know I did something wrong because the next thing I knew, this shit came flying the fuck out at me and coated me in weed. I was pissed. I was so pissed. What? No, you don't understand. That was a couple grams worth of fucking Chiba that I'm wearing like a cloak all over the front of me trying to recoup. I cry, folks. I cry. It was no good. It's obscene. That's the point. It was. And I'm just, thank God I wasn't naked because it like would have stuck to me or something with all the like, oh my God. Like I was so mad. I'm just sitting there in disbelief for a moment. Like that did not just fucking really happen. And then the phone boy's looking at me and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, not really. Get over here and help me get this shit off of me. Oh my God. But I've, I've figured it out now, and I'm successfully rolling my own shit. Yeah, they're skinnies, but I don't give a fuck, because they smoke nice, and they got tips, and they look pretty. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to talk about this fucking company. Let me tell you about this company. Come. Yeah, this company. Okay, I should, I should yeah, unmute myself yourself. Company. Gonna, company. That's right. Because they really fuck you. So I'm not going to tell you the name of it, because I may actually use them again. I haven't decided. Long story short, I ordered from a place because I have a present that's going to somebody. And it's a shenanigan. I'm not going to lie. Well, this damn company, I put in the wrong shipping address. I had the fucking thing shipped to me. I'm pissed about it. Because as soon as I realized, hey, wait a minute, that's going to ship to my house, not the intended recipient. I go on their website. Now, I emailed them twice. And I go on their website, and it's under the FAQs, what happens if I need to change my shipping address? So I go there. Oh, here's a link to go to some page. Yeah, the fucking link is and has been broken two weeks at least, because that's how long ago I made the order. So fuck them. I'm not going to tell y'all who it is because I got the package and I was able to remove a shipping label, which means that I can still effectually send this package to its recipient. I just have to do it by way of a little extra work, but I'm kind of pissed. Like, why as a company are you not going to respond to emails and you're not going to fix your tech? That's, that's bullshit. And, and I'm just, I'm not happy with them about that. 
So I'm hoping that the intended recipient really suffers from this package. Yeah. For all the hell I had to go through to ruin somebody's day. Well, the, 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 in, meanwhile, uh, 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 somebody also ruined, you're tempted to ruin your day. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, all right. Y'all know we talked about, I, I believe we talked about the new vinyl we got. Oh yeah, we we so um yeah, which I didn't even put on I didn't put on the list here, but yeah, we oh. did. Uh, we uh, we got um, let's Steve see Perry. Steve Perry's uh, what was it a, a street talk? As the yes, is a, and then we got uh, the Eagles' their greatest hits, and then um, what was the other one that came in? That there was another one that came in. I think was there. I that's thought, the only two I can remember. That may have been it. I mean, I thought we had one more, but. Um, no, I thought something. Anyway, but it doesn't matter. But irrelevant to the fact, yes, the Steve Perry album that I ordered, I got it for a really good price, and the, and I did this through Apple Pay. Not that it fucking mattered, because the card that I used through Apple Pay, the transaction showed up almost instantly when I paid for the auction. Okay, great. A few days later, I get a notification. Oh. Your amount has been updated, and it's twice the fucking amount. I'm on the horn with the seller. I'm on the horn with eBay. I'm on the horn with the company that has the card. Nobody can tell me. And here's what really set me off was that it wasn't eBay's fault. It was the card company had something go shitty. The problem is they lied to me because when I asked them why the hell... I was double charged for an item, their answer was, oh, it's a temporary charge. It'll fall off in five to seven days. No, bitch. I've won plenty of auctions. I've paid for plenty of auctions. I've never had a fucking charge that had to fall off. So don't lie to me when I ask you why I'm being double charged for something. Fucking own the fact that you don't know. Say I don't know. Tell me you'll try to find out. Do anything but lie to me because that's going to severely piss me off. So when I found out that it actually was not eBay's fault, although they had lied to me about why I was double tapped, it was a glitch with the card company and they did make it right. And I'm not really mad at them, but I just was kind of... Annoyed that eBay found it necessary to lie to me about why I was double charged instead of just owning the fact that, hey, look, I don't fucking know. It's not on our end. We're sorry. Contact your card company. Yeah, well, yeah, I could have my own rant about FedEx these days. Um, and, and right? Had, yeah, and anyway, I, I have my own thoughts about that. Uh, but yes, I think, it, and, and, and actually, yeah, I mean, these things happen, right? It's sometimes people, you know, I've been a customer service rep, and sometimes, and I, and, and I see that customer service reps sometimes make shit up, and they shouldn't do that, but they do that sometimes to, to, uh, to get things, but it's, uh, or, to, or to, you know, just try and move things along, or, you know, or right. not have to deal with a difficult issue. Now, um, Okay, we have. Okay, we are now at the vo- at the the time where we do the refire topic of what of, of other than the holy herb. What is your uh, favorite uh, way to get high, to uh, um, to achieve a higher consciousness? And you can still weigh in two five three two three seven three three two one. Tell us what 
is the way you use other than the holy herb to attain a higher consciousness. Yes. So like these folks did. Like these folks did. So what I'm going what I'm going to do is I'm going to save I think I will save one of these voicemails for, for tomorrow so that in case nobody calls in that we still have a uh, a voicemail to play because I'm not gonna, we're not going to play these voicemails again. But here, we are going to play a voicemail from this fine caller right here. Hello there. In the blossoms, everyone, and I hope all you puddle heads are having a lovely day. Uh, so to the question at hand, which is how, besides the holy herb, does one experience higher consciousness in my personal experience? So, um, honestly, and this is the only way that I've ever gotten to something that I would really consider higher consciousness is with the use of drugs it doesn't have to be the holy the holy herb as a matter of fact that's not really the one that does it for me um but mushrooms or clean acid has taken me to places that i would not have gotten to otherwise meditation can can go there to some extent for me because i'm not particularly skilled but Meditation for me is more of a relaxation exercise, whereas opening up those, those, uh, geez, the, the understanding of the universe and how it all works together and that real higher consciousness that you reach for has only happened to me with, uh, with psychedelics. And oddly, very often I see math that I would not understand um now, like in my completely ego conscious mind, but when I transcend that, I understand all the math, and the math is everything, and it works i don 't really know how to explain it because I only understand it when i 'm tripping balls but anyway uh that's that's my way in on the subject, and have a lovely day again in the blossom. Thank you so much, Vox, and in the blossom to you, dear sweet woman. I agree. Some some acid trips and some mushroom vacations have been really fantastic to achieve a higher consciousness and a, and a, a better understanding of what's going on around you. So kudos. Exactly. Yeah. I, this is a, this 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 stuff is all still kind of new to me. So I, I don't have a I don't know and I don't have enough experience to know have a favorite yet. Um, so uh, you know maybe but I but I'm certainly not opposed to uh, to experiencing it in the right conditions. Of course. So, of course. Now we have another. Uh, we have another one of our uh, one of our pedal heads that's calling in here, and we'll. I love uh, it. We'll play this. Oh wait, 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 actually, before we get to play, I have to do. Uh, oh, did we have something from the transcript? We have puddle heads. Nice. And then Jesus, the understanding. Oh, that's great. Yes. So, all right. Well, this is this is this is why you call in to two five three two three seven three three two one and tell us how your your favorite way, other than the holy herb, to achieve a higher consciousness, and like much uh, much like this caller did. So it's good when you call from a quiet location, like in a parking lot next to a relatively busy street, you know. But uh, hey, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, holy herb. I assume you guys are talking about garlic. So uh, you know, I mean, garlic goes with everything. But sometimes you just got to figure out, uh, you know, who you're going to be around. Because, like, sometimes I'll go make chili or something like that. I'm like, well, maybe I'm not going to just go dump a bunch of garlic powder in there. Because I'm going to be around other people the next day, you know. 
but really, I think everybody should just have garlic, and that way no one really gets offended when, like, oh, dude, that person had a lot of garlic, man. So we just all get immune to it. Because um, that one herb I do like the smell of, but uh, other holy herbs, I just I can't stand the smell of it. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, besides, besides that, uh, I mean, for me, just, like, prayer, uh, read the Bible on a daily basis, um, and, uh, just talking to people and realizing that we can, we can choose our attitude, we get to choose our mindset, you know, we get to, um, overcome those, overcome those things and whatnot, so, uh, yeah, that, that, that would be the, that would be the other outside of garlic, so, Anywho, all right. Well, I love a gas. That dangerous, and uh, you know whether it's uh, over over 100 degrees where you're at, or it's nice and cool, uh, or maybe it's 100 degrees and it's still cool because you're inside. You know, go ahead and give a little kaka. Kaka. Mr. Christopher Battles, hell yes. We do love some garlic around here ourselves, for Smoke, sure. Smoking garlic, yeah. I, I, smoking garlic, that may end up... this. You know what? If we gave out a prize for the winning show title for our episodes, I believe Mr. Christopher Battles would have been a multiple winner. He has come up with some absolute gold in the way the transcript has mangled his phone calls. Exactly. So, um, And I just want to point out, I am loving the fact we have three epic motherfuckers all up in the chat. We've got Hempress Emily, we've got St. Tommy, and we have got Dame Bemrose in this biznitch today. Woo! Yeah. Epic show. No, exactly. So you know what else is epic? Do we have any more voicemails? Yeah, we're gonna. I was gonna say, I'm gonna. There's one. There's one I will say for tomorrow, just because uh-huh. I want to make sure we have some for tomorrow. But we got a. We actually have two voicemails from uh, one caller uh, oh, because it went a little long. So I like we'll, uh, that. We'll, uh, we will play. What's up? Oh, this is yeah, baby. Hold on. How? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, weirdo. Hey, so how do we, besides the holy herb, partake in the acquiring of a higher consciousness? Yeah. Oh. Um. Well, I guess um, mushrooms is a good way. Uh, one time, my first time ever eating mushrooms, I had no idea what I was doing, and I wound up with a half ounce, uh, 14 grams in my possession, and so I ate them all, and, um, when the Beatles have that song about kaleidoscope eyes, yeah, that's pretty much what it was like. Imagine all the colors the individual color fragments of a kaleidoscope without the distortion. It was, uh, it was pretty fucking intense. Um, it, it'll, it'll change the way you view the world. Uh, it's not like I have some like profound thing to say about it other than like, you know, the, the, the layers of reality start to dissect themselves and you can start to see between them. And it's kind of neat to see, 
you know, heaven and hell, reality all exists in the same place, uh, right here, right now. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, at one point I sat down, I looked down the hallway and the hallway was like fucking got like 10 miles long. And then I, I blinked and then it like snapped back into place. And that was, that was pretty cool. Um, I've also, I don't know, I, I've, I've done a bit of DMT. Um, oh, shit, I got 30 seconds. So with that, you know, uh, apparently if you smoke it, it lasts like, you know, 10 minutes. Uh, you just put it in your nose. <laughs> It'll last about an hour that way. Uh, and then the layers of reality really start to come apart. And um, it, uh, I, don't know, I wish I had something you know, like enlightened to say because of all of that, but really it just, there's just a super mind fuck. Like, I don't know. Um, stay tuned for part two. Yeah, let's, let's stay tuned for part two. Let's play That's part two. That's right. Let's play part two. Let's play part two from Weirdo here. Okay, so some more ramblings of a madman. Um, when I did that fat ass line of DMT, um, the I could see I, I went outside and I could see the trees breathing I could see the earth breathing I could see the the almost like a wireframe separation of everything um, like like the aura but not like a filled outline more of like just the outline of the auras themselves I don't know it was really fucking weird uh, and you could kind of see between them and you could the the, the feeling of the presence. Is that's it's, it's really strange. Um, I got up and I opened the door to let somebody in, but there wasn't anybody physically there, and that tripped me the fuck out for like, oh, dude, it still kind of trips me out a little bit. And that was this was like, shit, this was like 2013 something like that when I did all this. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know. There's lots of ways to reach altered consciousness. I mean, the moment you put caffeine or nicotine in your body, your, your consciousness is altered. It's just how far do you want to alter it, and what are you trying to see? Ultimately, what is your question? Um, you can do enough mushrooms to 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 watch the the the, the walls melt, but uh, you can do enough uh, DMT to 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 see between realities. And then you close your eyes and you fall through a fractal. I don't know. I've listened to a lot of Terrence McKenna and he says you got to get through the veil and this, that, and the other. But like I've, I tried. I don't know. Maybe I'm not allowed. <laughs> but I fell through the fractal for what seemed like an eternity, and I never got to the other side. So maybe I, maybe I should, maybe I should dose myself again. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Anyway. um we're going to go pop some firecrackers now. So, hope everybody's happy and healthy. And bye. 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 Thank yeah. you so much, Weirdo. Absolutely. Yes. Amazing. I actually would try DMT, like no lie, in in the right setting if I knew that it wasn't laced and 
someone who knew the dosing on it so that I wouldn't end up like totally fucked. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to take a DMT trip once. Yeah, apparently. Uh, just uh, for uh, scientific purposes, mind of, you. Of course. Yeah, there is a, 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 apparently a fat-ass line of DMT was suggested as a show title. I uh, like that. Did you write that down? I did, yes. It is on, it is on, the, it is on the, uh, the piece of paper here that I, uh, that I write the show titles onto. <coughs> Very so. good. All righty. So I believe... That we are now. I think we, as I say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold the. We got one voicemail right now, and right. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hold for tomorrow, so to make sure we have something to play during that segment of the show. But I think we need to move on to the next, uh, the next segment. We should. I'll take a drink, and I, my name's Smoke Little Reef. You know, I, I like to smoke reefer. You know, I relax as many other things. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But I do not freebase cocaine. That's right. We do not. Freebase cocaine, but we, we do drink a little bit. We, we may smoke reefer, but we do not freebase cocaine. Right. But you know what some cool shit is? You gotta love it. I moved the fuck up out of Connecticut, and check this out. Connecticut is launching Home Grow as of this weekend. That's right. You heard right, folks. Adults in Connecticut will be able to start growing their own weed beginning this weekend as the state's law permitting home cannabis cultivation goes into effect. Connecticut legalized recreational weed two years ago, leading to the launch of regulated sales of adult use cannabis earlier this year. Now, on Tuesday, officials with the Connecticut Department of Consumer Protection, the DCP, marked the impending legalization of home cannabis cultivation, which goes into effect today, July 1st. So under the regulations for home cannabis cultivation, adults 21 and older are permitted to grow up to six plants, including three immature and three mature flowering plants. Now they have to be kept secure from kids and pets and others who shouldn't be allowed access to it. Now, they, <laughs> this quote annoyed the shit out of me. We want to make sure the product is locked. That's something that's really important to us is keeping it out of the hands of youth. We want to make sure the product is secure, especially once it's harvested, because that's when it will have most of the active ingredients. Now, this is according to this dickhead Roderick Marriott, the director of the DCP's Drug Control Division. This is what bugs the shit out of me. You don't think kids are getting their hands on this shit without your little home grow? Son, you crazy. But anyway. So, homes with more than one adult residing on the premises have a limit of 12 plants per household. And additionally, all the plants must be grown indoors in a secure and locked area that's not visible to the public. Duh. <laughs> so, in, in June of 21, Connecticut Governor... Ned Lamont signed legislation that ended the prohibition of recreational marijuana, legalizing possession by adults 21 and older, and creating a framework for regulated adult use sales. The measure also included restorative justice and social equity measures, including provisions that led to the expungement of nearly 43,000 marijuana-related convictions on New Year's Day of 2023. And license sales began began on the 10th. So Christina Capitan, an activist with the grassroots cannabis advocacy group 
Connecticut Cannon Warriors, notes that patients that depend on medical marijuana, which was legalized in 2012, were instrumental in the effort to include home cultivation in the state's adult use cannabis legislation statute. We pushed very hard for individuals to have the right to grow and not be reliant upon the producers that are licensed in our state, Capitan told local media. What that means is that patients will have access to what they need. They'll be able to grow the specific strains they need and the types that they want. Although state law legislates home cannabis cultivation for all adults, Capitan noticed that some people, depending on where they live, may run afoul of federal law or local regulations if they exercise their state right to grow weed at home. You have to be aware, if you live in federal housing or apartment buildings, there may be regulations within your cities and towns that prohibit you from doing so, despite the fact that the state allows it. So you just have to be really aware of that. But I think this is definitely a step in the right direction for Connecticut, allowing, I know six plants, three immature, three mature is not that much, but at least that's per adult. So like Phone Boy and I could literally have six plants if we lived in Connecticut. That would be more than enough for us to happily smoke ourselves into the ever after. So it, at least it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, and I got to play the clip. It's a step in the right direction after all. After I all, tried, it's the I, step in the I, right. I try to get that to uh, suck. You need to clip that shit down or find the one that is clipped down. But yeah. it is absolutely a step in the right direction. Yeah, but you'd also be living in Connecticut. Yeah, we don't want to live in Connecticut. I mean, it's, we, yeah, exactly. Like, I realize making that statement is like, ugh, why would I want to live back there? Yeah, well, now there's a new poll that shows that 61% of Americans support legalizing psychedelic therapy. Um, a poll from the University of California, Berkeley, you know, it's really quality there. Uh, the Center for Science and Psychedelics shows that new data regarding American support of legal psychedelic therapy, the first or the poll results were published online on June 20th in what the university calls the first ever Berkeley survey. What? Uh, is it the first time? I found time that, that they, uh, totally amusing too. Yes, which was which was also presented at the Psychedelic Science 2023 conference in Denver, Colorado. Now, more than six out of ten Americans um, <clears throat> registered voters supported legalizing regulated therapeutic access to psychedelics, including 35% who report strong support. UC Berkeley wrote in a press release regarding the poll. In addition, more than three quarters of voters, 78% support making, making it easier for researchers to study psychedelic substances. Almost half support removing criminal penalties uh, for personal use and possession. Now, poll participants were to were asked to answer support, oppose, or other to two questions. First, they were asked what their response is to creating a regulated legal framework for the therapeutic use of psychedelics. Why, that's stacking the deck for you right there. Second, they were asked if their opinion on obtaining FDA approval so that people can access psychedelics by prescription. Wow, also talk about stacking the deck. Oh, yeah. yeah. Terrible bias here. Yes. The data said is the result of new longitudinal public opinion research project um, 
conducted by university researchers, which tracks public beliefs related to psychedelic substance research policy and cultural events. According to BCSP's executive director, Imran Khan, this data is just the beginning. This is the first clear picture we have of what Amer the American public think and feel about psychedelics. The Berkeley Psychedelics Survey shows that the majority of American voters are interested in and supportive of the field. They want fewer barriers to research for scientists, and they want regulated therapeutic aspects for the public concept. Um, amidst all the stigma and the hype about these powerful substances, it's vital that researchers, policymakers, and practitioners can understand and respond to the public's hopes and fears. Uh, we're excited to reveal the full results of the Berkeley Psychedelic Survey in the coming weeks. Now, and another first for psychedelics, the, uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration recently issued its first guidance for clinical studies on psychedelics on June 23rd. We actually covered it in the previous episode. Um, we did. Yes. Uh, Tiffany Farcioni, MD, uh, Director of the Division of Psychiatry in the FDA Center for Drug Evaluation and Research, released a statement about the agency's recommendation for psychedelic study. Psychedelic drugs show initial promise as a potential treatment for mood, anxiety, and substance use disorders. However, there are still investigational products. Sponsors evaluating the therapeutic uh, potential of these drugs should consider their unique characteristics when designing clinical studies, Farcioni said. By publishing this draft guidance, the FDA FDA hopes to outline the challenges inherent in designing psychedelic drug development programs and provide information on how to address these challenges. The goal is to help researchers design studies that will yield interpretable results that will be capable of supporting future drug applications. This is all about drugs, of course. Of course it is. And honestly, here's the thing. I don't think that for a plant, for a fungi, for anything that's natural, there should have to be regulation. Leave it the fuck alone. Stop trying to put your laws all over our psychedelics. Yes, it's a it's a guarded, backhanded step in the right direction, if, if anything. But ultimately, shrooms, weed, anything that can be grown without a process that is required other than drying it, yeah, just leave it alone. Stop, stop scheduling it. Stop regulating it. Just decrim. Leave it the fuck alone. Take it off your books. Let people be. Now, we all know that's not going to happen simply because of the fact that unless you're Oregon, the government is so damn insistent that they have to regulate everything because they can't trust people to make their own decisions on what is too much or whatever. I think we'd see a lot less overdoses if we legalized shit that either, A, weed you can't overdose on because you would literally smoke yourself sober, and psychedelics, yeah, you might have a bad trip, but I think I'd rather have a bad trip than a good drunk and crash my car or mm. snort too much cocaine and then you're just done, your heart fucking explodes. I mean, there are certain things that the government needs to leave themselves out of and stop virtue signaling like, oh, look, we are actually trying. No, you're really not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but I think, we're, I, think it, I think we're now back to finally to the back of the napkin here where uh, we, we now do the following. I've been slow cooking it all day in my vagina. Yeah. So, what have you been slow cooking all day? Well, it certainly hasn't been in my vagina, but it has been these sexy pieces of beef roast that I chunked up, and I mixed them with some olive oil, and 
Italian sea salt, pepper, garlic, and onion powder. Now, we got the Italian sea salt, of course, from Villa Capelli. Yeah, we did. And the olive oil that I tossed the meat with before adding all that unctuous seasoning was also some Villa Capelli. But tossed it around, threw it in a skillet, fried it up to get it all nice and carmied. And then I threw it in the crotch pot. And I also caramelized the onions and mushrooms that, with the same seasoning that went in along and then I deglazed the pan with some beef stock and threw some arrowroot in it for a thickening agent so we are literally just going to be dining on big ass hunks of cow flesh that has been lovingly simmered in this gravy that I created that I let you taste before I added it to the whole mix with some onions and mushrooms and it's going to be amazing and obscenely delicious and it's going to be food porn and y'all will see it in the after party so stick around for studio 33 that's right um yeah i, I was gonna say yeah it looked really good I, I i assume we will have to wait a little bit after we are done in order to in order to uh, eat this such this wonderful food that you have uh, prepared yes i'm i'm very much looking forward to it but yeah. i'm also giving it a slow cook because that's the way you make sure the meat is nice and tender my ex hated the crock pot he's such a fool yeah, it's nice to have it tender occasionally. So it, it really is. I, I like a nice tender piece of meat that I can sink my teeth into. Yes. Now, seriously, so check this shit out. Y'all are not going to believe the stupidity behind this. I'm going to let Phone Boy tell y'all about this music label demanding Google to delist a wiki page with info it doesn't like. Yeah, in Walled Culture, the book, or you know, the, uh, and there's a free digital version available. Then there's a chapter about the widely used notice and takedown system and its many abuses. One indicator of how bad things are and how they are still getting worse is the number of requests that Google receives to delist links from its search results. It's hardly news that that uh, that many of these requirements are abusive and often you are often used to take down perfectly legal material. But a recent takedown request to Google is exceptional in this respect. As Torrent Freak explains, the compliant or the complaint made under the U.S. Digital Millennium Copyright Act, the DMCA, apparently comes from the independent music label Because Music and targets downloads and, and conversion software that allows YouTube material to be downloaded as a file. Now, <clears throat> now the claim is that these circumvent YouTube's security measures and thus violate the DMCA's anti-circumvention provisions. That in itself is pretty ridiculous, since YouTube doesn't, uh, doesn't have any meaningful copy protection in place, and as an important recent lawsuit pointed out. But, uh, but Torrent Freak spotted that amongst the dozens of sites with links to, to s such YouTube stream-ripping software. There's something rather different. Uh, Wikipedia's comparison of YouTube downloaders page. The takedown request wants a Wikipedia page removed from Google search results because it talks about YouTube rippers and offers a detailed comparison of them. Uh, who, who knew you would find this kind of information on Wikipedia. Holy no shit. No kidding, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Links to soft the software are incidental, appearing only at the foot of the pages as references. The demand that Google should delist links to this page in its search results is a thinly disguised but dangerous attack on knowledge. The implicit message is that nobody should be allowed to talk about or even know about things that the copyright world disapproves of. It's logical conclusion of big contents view that everything online should be subordinate to the pursuit of total control there. Now, of course, if you read this article and you're not and you're not also thinking in the back of your mind, yeah, I mean, pretty much everything that comes out of the media is bullshit these days. Um, you know, it's like you know, trust but verify, as they all say. Um, 
it, it's just, I mean, it's, it's kind of surprising. I mean, this is, this is the way, we, way we've gotten to in our, in our lives here. You know, the tech, this technology that uh, has been used to, you know, that we, that, that we do get some benefits from, I, I question, I question a lot of those benefits in, in the, in the, in the light of things like this, where, yeah, companies are like, you know, nudging you to see what, you know, to, to, to point you in a specific direction. And it's all ad driven. It, it's absolutely a marketing scheme all the way around. They want to know, you know, who to pander to, and they hate when you fuck that up for them. Yeah, it's uh, exactly now. Um, of course, you know, we, we get into we get into government shit here, and we talk about the FCC. We get uh, yet another tech dirt story. They wasted millions in broadband subsidies in a giant mess. The government is still trying to clean up. Uh, and so, a few weeks ago, uh, Trump boss uh, uh, Ajit Pai came out of hiding to issue a dumb blog post about how killing net neutrality must not have been a bad idea because the internet still works. In his post, he prattles on about how secretly wonderful the U.S broadband industry is proving that his Trump era decisions to lobotomize the FCC's consumer protection authority must have been correct. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I will say that uh, yeah, when Tech Dirt writes stuff, they they have a certain point of view. Um, I, I enjoy Tech Dirt's vantage though. Yes, but uh, so but Pi failed to mention a few things. One, that the U.S. broadband industry is still a corrupt, monopolized mess, resulting in spotty service, slow speeds, and some of the highest prices in the world, thanks in part to many of his deregulatory decisions. He also failed to mention that big ISPs haven't behaved worse on net neutrality because many states stepped in to pass laws big telecoms are afraid of violating. So, but he also forgot to mention yeah, the, something else that a landmark broadband subsidy program that he oversaw at the FCC wound up being such a corrupt mess that not only is the FCC still trying to clean things up years after the fact, it, it has had its authority over any subsequent subsidy programs severely curtailed because the federal government no longer trusted the agency to do the job. Well, it's, it's bad when one government agency doesn't trust another, I guess. It's, I mean, that should well, yeah, because they know the true bullshit that they're up to. Yeah. And in 2019, the Pi FCC created the 20.4 billion Rural Digital Opportunity Fund, or RDOF, to presumably shore up broadband access in traditionally underserved rural U.S. markets. The money was to be doled out via reverse auction in several phases, with winners declared based on having the maximum impact for the minimum projected cost. But the program was a poorly managed mess, and the FCC failed completely to really screen applicants or what they claimed they could deliver, resulting in a ton of waste and bullshit. Because of Pi's desire to maintain a pathetic d definition of what constitutes future-proof broadband, a lot of half-assed wireless and satellite providers made out like bandits. This ISP, for example, nabbed millions of dollars to deploy service to places that already had it, like five feet outside of Apple's $5 billion new campus. Elon Musk's Starlink also managed to nab $886 million in subsidies to deploy satellite service to places like airport parking lots and traffic medians. Other wireless ISPs like Starry went bankrupt before they could even get close to delivering what they promised. While the FCC has been trying to claw some of that money back, much to the chagrin of ER, Elon Musk, Elon, there we go. Oh uh, my God! Please, somebody ISO that. I've, there, I, I have the clip from Carolyn Blaney doing that. Uh, also, somewhere. no, it's even better when you stutter. E e e e Elon. Yeah. E e e Elon. All right. <laughs> 
Yes, yeah, somebody will do it. Now, while the FCC has been trying to claw some of that money back, okay, the, the damage was done and the program is now widely considered one of the biggest boondoggles in agency history. That, that says something. Um, <clears throat> things were such a mess, the FCC never proceeded to add additional phases of the, the auction. The Biden FCC had to waste a lot of time finding companies that failed auction or failed to deliver, and there's a growing concern that the remaining funds that could have uh, done a lot of good for rural America if the program had been competently run will just simply be wasted. Isn't that what government happens with government money anyway? Uh, so Yeah, nine hundred dollar mm-hmm. toilet seats, anyone. Exactly. Consumer groups in the government don't much want to acknowledge what a mess this program is for fear it would cast a pall over other efforts to subsidize the digital divide. Now I Ajit Pai doesn't much want to mention this because it would dismantle his narrative that that his captured tenure at the Trump FCC was an ingenious success. And his fellow Republican commissioners like Brendan Carr spend more time on cable TV, hyperventilating over TikTok, a company they don't regulate, than taking any accountability. So it just kind of got. It's literally just a big old Dutch rudder. Yeah, the, exactly. The uh, it just kind of got swept under the rug in hopes that nobody would actually notice. But you know, all told, about six billion of the twenty billion program ever actually made it into the hands of ISPs that needed it before a program dysfunction ground everything to a halt. <clears throat> Now, all of this has since been overshadowed by the newer and much bigger broadband subsidies program called, including COVID relief, the American Rescue Plan Act, and the $42 billion in looming bead grants included in, inf- in the infrastructure bill. But the Trump FCC screwed the RDOF so badly, a huge chunk of the management of these programs was taken from the FCC and doled out to other agencies like the NTIA. Now, all told, it's kind of odd that Ajit Pai would pop up recently to, to give himself a pat on the back on net neutrality and his track record without mentioning... Uh, that he was at the helm of one of the most disastrous telecom subsidy programs in recent memory. He must have simply slipped his mind, I guess. I don't know. That's... Jeez. Oh, Convenient amnesia. Yeah. Coincidence? I think not. Um, Precisely. Now, this next story really got me, which is why I really wanted to include it, because it was just... It was so fucking annoying. It was totally a hate read. So, a few months back... Now, this, this is the author of the article speaking a few months back i attended a workshop regarding keeping children on the internet safe and at some point a debate broke out over whether social media was more like cigarettes or chocolate obviously addictive and harmful or just a little unhealthy in large doses and a long-term trust and safety executive who was in the room told me it was driving them crazy because it's just not an analogy that works. Chocolate and cigarettes are things you literally consume in your body, and they have a clear and pretty well understood impact on your body. Social media is speech. Speech can have an impact on people. It can motivate them, inspire them, scare them, etc. And sometimes those impacts can be negative. But speech alone isn't something you metabolize. It doesn't change your body. It doesn't poison you. It's not a toxin. And that's why it's so frustrating that this analogy keeps popping up. The latest is when Ashwin Vassar, the commissioner of the New York City Department of Health. Yeah, y- y'all, y'all going to love this. Now, he could be dealing with all sorts of actual health problems facing New Yorkers, but instead, yeah, he decided to pen a nonsense opinion piece falsely declaring social media the equivalent of known toxins. The title gives away the game. We must treat social media like the toxin that it is. Then he uses his own children as the example of how social media is bad, which makes me wonder how his kids feel about being props here. 
as a parent of three young children, I see every day how young people have been conditioned to reach for their phones and devices. The fault lies, the fault lines of this tectonic shift are in my home and homes like it throughout the nation. Yeah, because as a parent, you're fucking handing your kids these little mini computers and then wondering why they get into shit. Duh. Yeah, I mean, you know... Yeah, I think... Uh, you you want to fix yeah. the problem? Stop fucking giving your five-year-old an iPhone, you meathead. Yeah, I, I will say that my children did not get smartphones until they were uh, probably 12, so... Which is actually... You That's know. still too fucking young. I'm sorry, phone boy. Your kids were entitled little fuck trophies, and you know it. Well... Yes, I'm not going to... And dis- you precipitated it, sadly, through the influence of that heifer. But I'm not going to go off on that. We're yeah. going to talk about the yeah. fact that, yeah, parents having some control over their kids' use of devices and online services is a challenge. But that's way different than calling it a toxin. And having spent plenty of time around adults, many of them seem to feel conditioned to reach for their phones and devices as well. And yet there's... That's somehow considered to be fine, but with kids, it's a problem? No, we all do it. We know we do it. And I've made this statement a million times before. You don't think that you're addicted to your phone. Misplace it for five seconds. You are looking like a spastic retard, patting yourself down multiple times, going, spinning around, going, I just had it. Where'd it go? Even to the point where you can be on it having a conversation with somebody getting ready to walk out the door going, yeah, I'm just heading out the door now. I'm just trying to find my phone. And it's in your fucking hand against your head. So, yeah, we are addicted to our tech. We understand that. Now, Vassin then admits that social media might actually be good for some kids, while tons of studies actually show it's good for way more kids than it's bad for. But then immediately insists that social media is uniquely harmful to kids, which is not actually what any study has shown. Real communities can form online and virtual kinship, which can help young people explore the world and their own identities. It's clear that social media is now a part of our lives. And so all out bans or prohibition is neither realistic nor advised. But the evidence is clear that unregulated, unfettered access to all kinds of social media and its content is uniquely harmful to children. Much As toys have package safety inserts for children and parents, we need information and protections for social media. Now, this this is according to this guy. Now, the link there to uniquely harmful to children is not any study that actually supports that claim. It's to an NPR radio program in which some parents driven by a moral panic have pushed senators to pass legislation to, quote, protect the children online. Except, again, all the evidence suggests that this is wrong. The evidence says that social media is not super dangerous for most kids. It says that there are some kids who have trouble dealing with it, and attention should be paid to those kids. As the American Psychological Association just explained, the evidence simply doesn't support the narrative that social media is inherently or uniquely problematic. Instead, they recommend better media literacy and digital citi- uh, yeah, citizenship efforts in schools to help those who do run into trouble. It helps them to avoid getting sucked in. 
But Vasan buys into the narrative and evidence be damned. I mean, sure, he has statistics, but they don't say what he wants them to say. Inaction has helped lead us into a youth mental health crisis. In 2021, 38% of New York City high schoolers reported feeling so sad or hopeless during the past 12 months that they stopped doing their usual activities, a rate that was significantly higher for Latino and black students than their white peers. A survey in 2021, you say? Yeah, wonder what might have happened in the preceding 12 months that might have had an impact on their mental health. What could have possibly caused these kids to feel sad and hopeless, leading them to stop doing their usual activities? Now, Vasan writes this and assumes you'll all agree with him that it must be social media when for fuck's sake it was the pandemic in the preceding 12 months kids watched a global pandemic take over the world taking them out of schools getting people that they knew sick and their loved ones dying leading many to have parents that lost their jobs while mostly keeping them locked in their homes so that they wouldn't contract this deadly viral infection but yeah it was social media doing it now indeed social media was kind of a savior for many of those kids in the fact that it allowed them to actually continue to have something resembling a social life during the lockdown periods of the pandemic when nyc schools were shut down or they were totally remote but nope the facade it's obviously the problem was social media all along Quoting, we must lay out strategies for how we'll protect young people from the harms of social media. We must rework regulations and, where appropriate, hold companies accountable for the damage they continue to inflict. Again, Pew and the American Psychological Association both released reports in the last year detailing how social media was actually more helpful to most kids and noted that there was just a very small percentage who seemed to find social media problematic. And yes, sure, let's work toward fixing the situation and helping those students. But to insist that social media is harmful to kids and that companies need to be held accountable because some kids use the internet for problematic purposes, it's ridiculous. And then he closes with the most ridiculous bit of them all, claiming that social media is no different than lead paint. Seriously? And quote, social media may be digital, but its effects can be just as damaging as tobacco, lead paint, or air pollution. One of the primary roles of public health has been to reduce exposure to these toxins through education and harm reduction, and sometimes through litigation, regulation, and enforcement, thereby preventing disease, staving off suffering, and mitigating societal costs. There's no reason to treat social media any differently. No, social media's effects literally cannot be just as damaging as tobacco, lead paint, or air pollution. All three of these lead to actual poisons breaking down in your body. Words don't do that. I mean, we understand words do matter, but at the same point in time, words can only hurt you if you allow them to hurt you. And again, throughout this 
I've been clear that some kids can't handle social media and we should look to helping them. But anyone who insists that social media is the equivalent of lead paint doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about and should not be anywhere near a health department, let alone running one of the largest cities in the U.S. If you want to deal with the downside of social media, you need to rational, you need rational people in charge, not foolish people driven by evidence-free moral panics. And unfortunately, New York City has the latter. Yes. Well, you know, and this is what, what I find this, this story, because I, because I was, I sort of went through withdrawal of social media back in you know, at the end of 2020. Uh, you know, at, when 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 you know when January 6th happened, that was kind of that was my point where I took a I took a big step back and went, yeah, the only winning move is not to play. And so I took it off my phones and everything. And uh, not to say that I because uh, because my job does involve social media, I still am on it from time to time. But I don't spend anywhere near the the amount of time that I spend on it. And 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 it really it's it's it, it got me through some rough time because I was participating a lot more actively because uh, you know certainly I didn't have a whole lot else to look forward to. But I mean even that just just with everything that was going on in uh, you know the. In, you know, the, the, you know, right. You know, with the quote unquote insurrection, there was uh, just, I just, I didn't want to be exposed to it. And it, it, it was, it was, yeah, it was, there is, it's, it's not the social media. That's the problem. It's the fucking people that are the problem guys. This is people are all going crazy and they're all, they're all up in each other's shit. And maybe, maybe we should just put the, put the shit down and, and, you know, I don't know, go, you know, go find, uh, go find some friends to smoke some weed with or something. You and know? that's exactly the point that I've made one. Kids don't need to be on social media to the degree that they are. I, and I've talked about it before. There's this commercial with this little girl. It's a home video of her at 12 years old getting a smartphone. And all these other segments of video where she's watching these chicks who are like super skinny. And this is how, you know, thigh gaps are in and this and that. And she ends up in a fucking eating disorder unit. Hello? Where is the parent in all of this? You're the fucking idiot that gave her that device. And yet you have no accountability for the fact she ended up with a fucking eating disorder. And then it shows her at 19 in recovery. She's fucking gorgeous. First of all, she had no reason to have to worry about being skinny. Be who you are, girl. But at the same point in time, shame on the parents for the fact of handing a 12-year-old a device and not regulating what the hell was going on, not paying attention to your crotch goblin to know what's going on with them. You just let social media run and, and, and technology raise your child. Like, the fuck is wrong with you? I, I railed against technology with my children hardcore like my kids were pissed at me because when they were teenagers and they were like well my friends have a smartphone it's like well that's nice but i'm not your friend's parent and i'm not putting out the money for you to have a smartphone and unfettered access to all of the shit yes i knew they could find it other ways but i didn't find it necessary less you're dealing you don't need a beeper you don't need a cell phone the only I'll, I'll retract that. Yes, cell phone. Flip phone. You can make calls. You can send text messages. That's all you need to do as a teenager. That's it. In my world. 
Yeah, so but, yeah, I railed hard against but it. Mom, I want I want to get on WhatsApp or Telegram. Oh my or, god, yeah, right? Dad, All my friends or, are doing, it. doing yeah, it. TikTok. Uh, John, you know, I'm so yes, I'm so old. I'm fucking old. Okay, I'm old, and I'm proud of being old because I raised my children in a way where I didn't have to worry about them ending up with an eating disorder because they were watching all these fucking people who were quote-unquote influencers. It's like my rant about social media, like, oh, I have 10,000 friends. No, you have 10,000 fucking people you've never met. Maybe uh, 995 of them you've never met. You might have a couple of actual real-life people on Facebook that you're friends with that you've met. But for the most part... You've never met these people. You don't know who the fuck they are. Yet you care what they think of you. You care so much that you have to post everything you ate for breakfast and what it looked like when you shat it back out. Come on, you're not that important, people. I, and I, there's, and there's a total reason why my opening is the Anna Kasparian clip. Yeah. Because everybody who knows me, there's a few things you'll know about me that you're going to find out whether it's behind the make. Behind the mic, I, I really can't talk today. I swear to Christ, I need more coffee. Whether I'm behind the mic or whether I'm on mic, I'm the same person. I'm the same foul-mouthed princess of profanity that you all have come to love, loathe, etc. And I don't make any excuses for who I am. And nope. that's the beautiful thing is I don't think I'm better than anyone else. I know I put my pants on one leg at a time. Even if I have fans who think that I'm some major, amazing, you know, mystical creature, the way that I looked at you when we first got together, I had such stars in my eyes when we first met because I was awestruck. You were phone boy. You are phone boy. There are still times I look at you and think, wow. That's phone boy, and, and he's my boyfriend. Like, I have those moments. But seriously, I don't think I'm better than anybody else. I'm just a human being. Yes. Um, yeah, and and I don't find it necessary to post what the fuck I ate every morning for breakfast or what it looked like when it came out. Yes. That is, I, I, I went through phases of that, and I realized how stupid it was at some point. I'm like, this is not, I'm not, there, it's, it's just, people do it to, you know, again, sometimes people do it for the wrong reasons. And I know we've had stories we talk about people doing, using social media for the wrong reasons. It's, the problem isn't social media, folks, it's the people. The people that it are is, using really social media is. are the problem. I mean, let's let's put it this way: we talk, you know, we talk about like NAS. I mean, okay, the what makes NAS superior in, in in most cases is that most of the people on on it are sane or at least have a similar mindset. And so, there, yeah, people still, you know, never, any anytime you get a group of people together, and I've, and I've seen this, and for, it's not over moderated. I no, mean, I don't think NAS is over moderated at all. Adam has been very vocal about the fact, like, look, don't fucking get a hold of me that you want this person blocked or that person blocked do it your fucking self like i'm not i'm not a babysitter i'm not your mama or your daddy yeah, and that's that's one thing i love about naz is people don't get i mean yes people get butthurt as we saw recently there were a couple of people who just went back and forth and just whatever the beautiful thing is if you didn't want to give a fuck about it you could simply scroll past because we're all adults 
Yeah. And that's what I love about Naz is you have the ability to just scroll past shit and not have to give it precedence if it doesn't affect your world. Whereas on social media, everybody seems to think that they have to jump in and share their opinion on what the fuck's going on, whether it's their fight or not or whatever. I'll never understand that. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, here's the thing. I mean, people are people no matter where they congregate. And if you and that what often makes or breaks it for me is the is the people. And so, yes, the fact that the, that that no that no agenda social has uh, has some fairly like-minded people there. I uh, it, it it it's it's a great thing. However, it's so so not all social media is bad. But again, I also don't have any apps on my phone to access it. I accept a web browser, which is really all you need. So, uh, yeah, that that's you know especially with these social media apps. That's you know nobody talks about that, right? What are the, what are these apps collecting and and send and, and sharing with who? And you know then we oh boy I got well actually that's an interesting point that you bring up because you recently installed an app for necessity for our trip, the taxi app. Yes. And when you were looking into the, you know, the intricacies of it, like what it collects and what it wants, and it's like, holy fucking shit, what does an app of this type need that information for? Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah, there's and, and how many people realize it? How many people actually look into the app to realize that this thing wants, like, access to your photos and, like, fucking what? No, you have one photo of me. It's, it's, it's my, uh, my account photo. That's all you need. Yeah. Well, th- and actually, it's kind of funny. I have a story about that really quick before okay. we wrap. So I decided to play with Lyft because, of course, for Lyft and Uber, you have to have a photo on file so that the people who you're picking up can look and see that you're you. Because, yeah, there are some people who've done fake ride share and this, that and the other thing. So I decided to be a clown and take the photo I use for our show posts of the Lotus Effect, essentially the same thing that our stickers and our business cards look like, and upload it as my photo. And it got rejected because, like, your face isn't centered or some shit like like that and I was just busting out laughing. I'm like, you fucking clowning ass AI bullshit. Wah, 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 I'm telling wah. you, I did it just for clown effect because I don't have anything personal about me on my profile. I'm sorry. I'm not your friend. When I come to pick you up, I'll give you respect. If you want to talk, we'll talk. If you don't, we you know, we won't. I, I play music that I try to not be offensive, although I do play our stream and the mixtapes, and we do know that occasionally some Sam Kinison will come on or some other musical selection that's just a little obscene. So that does happen from time to time. But for the most part, I don't want... If I want you to know things about me, I... I'll tell you them. I'm not going to have them on my profile about, oh, I'm married and I have two kids and I blah, 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 blah. No. You want to know something about me, you can ask me. And if I feel that I want to tell you, then I'll tell you. And if I don't, I won't. And I find it really intrusive that I'm just a fucking driver. I'm not your friend. This is a business. I'm not picking you up because we're long lost buddies and I'm doing you a favor. I'm getting paid to have your ungrateful ass in my beautiful car bringing you from point A to point B because you're either too lazy or too broke to afford your own fucking ride. Yeah, or... You know, yeah, you don't want you don't necessarily want to deal with bringing said ride into said into like downtown Nashville during any time of the day. Yeah, yeah no, I really I can't I can't say that. I don't I don't dislike the people that I bring around for the majority. I will, though, say I don't understand why young males find it necessary to fart 
in my fucking car all the time. It's like, my car smells like lavender lemon. It's beautiful. You have to put your man funk stank in my seats? What the hell? And it's not, it's not a one-off. It's all the time. It's like they store it up until they get in my fucking car and then <laughs> blow themselves around. Oh, my. And you don't hear a fucking thing. It's the SPDs, and they're not going to own the fact they're not even going to try to open a window like, oh, sorry, I had beans. No! You <laughs> bastards! <laughs> Anyways. Yes. Uh, not, not, yes. Uh, the, the, yes, most, most males will uh, take any opportunity to fart that they can. Apparently. Yes. But you know, you're not special. But I tell you, I tell you what, though we we I think uh, we are we are um, so fucking over this. We are. Yes. So I think I think uh, it, I think it is time to uh, wrap this episode up, and we will uh, and and we will uh, be be back again tomorrow after uh, after no agenda. Um, and then and then I think we end it this way. But don't like we? this. Jordan fades back. Swoosh, and that's the game. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you, I'm out! You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.